The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Better call! Baby! What's up, everybody? That's me doing the McGlinchey. Welcome. That was John throwing himself out of the frame. It is uh, Sunday night. It's great to have you. It's great to be live on YouTube. If you are uh, watching this live or not live, awesome. Thank you. Check out the uh, podcast down in the description below. What do you think about this half-baked idea I had? Hit the... uh, like button subscribe to the channel last week every team you beat in the nfl playoffs you get to pick one player off their team to keep rolling with you that's a that's a good one who would you take from the cowboys michael parsons <laughs> <laughs> and the seahawks dk uh, feel like you could use them or? yeah no i don't yeah i don't know if that's a great I, janahan would be like give me kenneth walker <laughs> yeah give, give exactly give me their swing tackle <laughs> uh 49ers beat the Cowboys 19 to 12. Uh will this be known as a classic in the history of great Niners Cowboys games? Time will tell. Time will tell. You want a championship, uh, you know, this goes down as a as a classic. Didn't they always say that the uh that the catch game wasn't a great game? Or was that a different game? Or some famous game? Um it's a good question. There's out there in the ether, like whenever you're talking to like a Greg Papa, you know, yeah. and you talk about the final part yeah. of the game. He's like, well, actually, you're like, you know, it's the greatest moment in NFL history. Like, <laughs> well, well, Jordan was three of 25 before that last shot or Montana throw four interceptions. You're like, OK. Shows you uh, no one gives a shit, right? No, <laughs> you, just, you just remembered what's the final score, how it ends. 19 to 12. I think I'll remember this final score. This is the kind of final score you remember, you know, well, will you remember that final play. I will, John. So this week we did a full breakdown of all of McCarthy's fuck ups from last year, and at the uh, end of the game they had the moment where they ran out of time that gets all the attention. But we went through that stupid play the Cowboys ran last year after they successfully picked up a first down on a fake punt, 
and they tried to leave everybody out there to force the Niners to take a timeout, and it cost them 20 seconds and a delay a game. And you said that might be the second dumbest play behind only the McAfee Colts Pagano two-man punt play. And then the Cowboys pulled that sucker out at the end of their season. Even Greg Olson is really good. When they punted back to the Niners, he was like, hurry up. You can steal a couple plays. Hurry up. And they're kind of like lollygagging. Dalton Schultz, a Stanford guy, fucking went to Stanford. Doesn't drag his foot, guy. Doesn't drag his foot. Doesn't drag his toe. I don't get it. I saw multiple NFL people say, when in doubt, always drag. When in doubt, always drag. It's just a, I think it gets embedded into these guys, yeah. especially the Power Five guys. But once you get the league, the, we've been to practice. They just do a lot of random shit on the side with their we'll coaches. Drag flag. Yeah. That was, how do you, that laissez, just like, what, what are you doing there? Well, you're halfway there. Yeah. Just the laissez fair nature of the whole thing. I mean, what, I what like are we laissez. doing? I'm a, I think laissez is a good yeah, way. Yeah. The laissez. I'm just feeling laissez today. <laughs> Just it's a lazy move. I think I think he'd given up on the game. He'd given up on the game. He knew that after he if he had dragged his toe with five seconds left, he knew the play they were gonna run. Dalton <laughs> Schultz knew they were gonna line up with three wide receivers split right, or I mean three offensive linemen split right, two Jeff Schwartz's split left, Dak ineligible, snapping the ball. No, like Zeke snap. Zeke snap. Sorry, Zeke. <laughs> like it's Pick up like but who's ineligible in fairness, eligible and ineligible on that player kind of irrelevant once you go rugby, right? Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I, I look and, at Maria and um, said, This thing's about to get weird. I said this thing's about to get weird. She's like, well, I don't understand. I'm like, well, they're just gonna do some crazy rugby. I don't know. I've never seen this formation. And then he's immediately tackled. Like, didn't even balls in his hands, Jimmy's lighting his ass up. <laughs> There was an immediate blitz on Zeke. Zeke, somebody blew by Zeke right it was Fred. Back. Fred got destroyed. Fred destroyed Zeke. Did not count to five Mississippis before he rushed, which is bullshit. You're supposed to count five Mississippis after Zeke snaps it. Well, here, really quick before we dive into the podcast, and I'm not blaming D'Amico. It's a tough spot. There, there's no right or wrong answer. I, I get he's got 75 interviews on Saturday and Sunday leading up to the Cowboys game. He's got a lot on his mind. Good game by the D'Amico Ryans and the defense. So I, he came prepared. His unit was ready. They were the the main reason that the 49ers won today. Why can't you just play normal defense in some of these late-game situations instead of like two-man rush here? Like, well, yeah, then everyone's back like the 20, and he's just dinking and dunking. Like, just play normal defense. Just play normal defense. Maybe cheat the safeties back, but like rush your normal rush instead of like he kind of gets to go around and look up. I even think it throws the defensive lineman off. Armstead like bumps him in the end zone. It's like, Eric, this is safety. <laughs> like he had just come around a blind corner and Dak was just there. Did, I, I wonder. I if, think it throws the whole group unit off. Everyone's being really safe. I think Armstead thought Dak was going to throw it away. He did not want to get a late hit penalty in the end zone. I think he just thought Dak was going to dump it and he was pulling up because he was not about to get a late hit. It's a weird spot. Yeah, he was high. He's taller than him. You know, you don't want to hit the helmet. Give him a free 15-yard penalty. Like that happened in this game multiple times. Greenlaw, it's like now in fairness, Greenlaw made a lot of plays. So I, Greenlaw I, I taketh can... and Greenlaw <laughs> giveth or whichever it is. Cowboys tossed. Was it McCaffrey that got tossed? There was a couple fifteen yards. They balanced each other. Yeah, out. It, it wasn't the 49ers cleanest game. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was actually a lot like last year's game where the Niners could have ended the game last year. Didn't this this time? Elijah Mitchell just tiptoeing out of bounds. All right, 
John, before we go any further, I had multiple texts from people say I, I could use Tito's right now at halftime. We are sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's! It's number one. Yeah, this was a high anxiety game. And anytime you get that, you just look at your fridge and you go, honey, bust out the Tito's. Tito's sodas, Tito's and waters, Tito's with your espresso martinis if you need a little pick-me-up. Tomorrow a holiday, it feels like every Monday in January and February is a holiday, so it probably is. So if it is, have another one tonight. Our friends at Tito's sponsored this pod back-to-back. You know, ever since the Niners, or the Tito's has been on this podcast, the 49ers have made it to the NFC Championship game, guy. Ever That's since cool. Tito's has been on this podcast, the Niners have been playing. They've been in the fucking Final Four. Can they get to the final two? I don't know, but they better the final four. I'd say Tito's getting his money's worth, John, and we're getting yes. our Tito's worth. I agree. Yeah. Tito's handmade vodka. It's numero uno. Uh, ginger beer, Tito's and water, uh, Tito's and lemonade and iced tea, uh, Tito's and soda, Tito's and, and pamp, all right, which which uh, which is grapefruit. I think I think the French say like pamplemousse or something like yeah. that, but we call it pamp around here. But I think Tito. in Spain they call it Pamplona. Pamplona. Tito's. Tito, run with the bulls, baby. Uh, Tito's handmade vodka. It's number one. It's the best. No frills. No bullshit. Just the best. Uh, mix it with whatever you want. Drink it uh, at the bar. Have it at home. Take it to somebody's house. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. John, we're also brought to you by DraftKings. Yeah, we're also brought to you by DraftKings. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Four teams remain, guy. Four teams remain. Fours in the only two can play the big game. That's also known as the Super Bowl. And the 49ers are one of those four going to Philadelphia, playing the fight in Howie Rosemans, who once said Middlecoff, we no longer have a spot for you. We got revenge on our mind, but we got Niners at the Birds. We got the Chiefs rematch against the Bengals, lipping Mahomes. This, this this is a fantastic Final Four. I mean, it's proven. We saw today with the Bengals winning. This is easily the best four teams right now. Best four teams, Final Four. Download the Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Yep, that's right. New customers bet $5 on either NFL playoff game. Either NFL playoff game. And they'll instantly get $200 in bonus bets deposit in your account. Wondering what you could use $200 in bonus bets for? Try out same game parlays. You know, how about little Niners Bengals underdog parlay? Might be a little something, something. We Ooh. finally get that Niners Bengals game that we didn't get last year. Yeah. You can even combine. Sirianni, get ready. You can also combine multiple bets from one game, like which team will win and by how much for a shot at either at even bigger winnings. And if mobile sports betting is not yet available in your state, don't worry. You can still get in on the fun with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code HAM, five bucks on any NFL game, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code HAM, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Niners birds, baby. Niners, Niners birds. birds. Hungry and humble. The Ricky Waters game. Tell those Eagles, we coming, as Dion would say. I'm coming. I'm coming. Think, you want me to see if Roseman get us two seats? Yeah, ask sideline passes, maybe? It'd probably be easier to get sideline passes than it would be to get seats. Bob Lang. You, you know Bob, Lang's Bob the, Lang? Bob Lang. The right-hand man. But Bob's probably not getting hit up by anybody this week. We should hit <laughs> no. him up. This is a big week for Bob Lang. For those of you that don't know who Bob Lang is, he was a longtime 49ers PR guy, most famous 
for when Harbaugh and Jim Schwartz have their ass padding pad off. He's there grabbing Jim, running off the field as Schwartz is attacking him down in the tunnel in Detroit. And uh, also kind of looks like Big Cat, shorter version. So uh, Bob Lang was great to Haberman Middlecoff. Yep, got us a lot and, of interviews. And now he, uh, now he's Howie Roseman, Sirianni, and Lurie's right-hand guy. This is a weird game for him, right? <clears throat> he's back home, though. Like, really. Back home. Philly's, yeah, Philly's back home for him. Wow. So, I mean, so many things. I, You know, we just talk about there's some specific things to get to, obviously. But I think we left off at the end of that game after the Niners uh, failed to, after a fantastic running by Elijah Mitchell, failed to go out of bounds. Did you did you view that as a, uh, a capital offense, an understandable mistake, not his fault at all? Where are you at on the scale? Well, getting the first down is by far the most important thing, right? You, you would agree with that, even if you have to dive at the out-of-bounds marker. Like, that that's the number one goal is to cross the sticks. And it is right. a play that's headed at an angle, right? It's a it's a pitch play that hits at his angle headed toward the out-of-bounds line. Now, there is a spatial awareness that I think you'd like running backs to have. <laughs> and I'd say the 49ers, for the most part, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, really, really juice, elite IQ football players. McCaffrey probably falls under that as well. Mitchell, I think we're still learning. Really good player. I'm a big Elijah Mitchell guy. I don't know how you couldn't be. I give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. In the game. And he just, he was coming on at the end. And that play, to me, symbolized, like, his potential impact. Like, he is a really, really good player that's a, every bit as explosive as McCaffrey, can hit creases, can make shit happen. I give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because I think by the time his momentum, he would have seen he crossed it. He would have had to do a leap, and his foot did touch out of bounds. I, I mean, he's going to get screamed at because it's the sport of football and coaches scream at you. But I don't think it's the – to me, the craziest offense of the entire game is Kyle Shanahan's mismanagement. And then with seven seconds left, Purdy almost fucking it up and throwing it out of bounds and luckily it hitting. Like, they didn't even get a home field clock. that He legitimately got it. But, but you it was know, very close by the way, they, they, they import a clock operator for these games. So that's good knowledge. This isn't guy from Burlingame and Kyle clearly going classic offensive coordinator sheet over his mouth, undressing Purdy. I don't know if you're allowed to undress the quarterback when you royally fucked up 15 seconds before that to me is a bigger blunder than Mitchell's because getting the first down saved them 40 seconds, right? Yeah. Yep. It was a big, it was a big play. To, I would say if he's like, closer to the numbers and, and like leaped out of bounds or something, it would have been crazy. You have to admit, it's not the craziest infraction. No, be, in part because the out of bounds came up on him pretty quick after he picked up the first down. I, I mean, I, I still think it's closer to capital offense than don't worry about it. All good, bro. But you win the game, so it is all good. Uh, I thought sneaky play at the end, too, was I thought it was Jimmy Ward, but the box score says it was Mooney Ward. When Schultz picked up that that sideline catch at the beginning of the Cowboys' last drive, he came flying up to make a hit inbounds and keep Schultz from going out, and that kept the clock running. So uh, that was a there's there's another little uh, sneaky play. Is Greg Olson the best an analyst going right now? He nailed that one because I was like, why is that? Why are they going to keep the clock running? Your momentum has to be going forward. You're yeah. a rules nut, you know that. But second, I saw us, it. See, not me. I just think he's out of bounds. But the moment your moment your momentum goes backwards, 
they're not going to give you that. You're not going to give you that once you get if you get stopped inbounds. So that was a big play. Um, sneaky uh, Kittle getting held in the red zone was a big play. I mean, I guess not really sneaky. It was pretty. Did you see? Did you catch that shot at the end, right before one of the last Cowboys snaps? <laughs> Maybe it was when the Niners took their time out before the Cowboys ran that play they've been preparing for. I just love the Cowboys spent practice time on that play. But one of the cameras takes like this low shot. It's called a hero shot where you get well, whoever the player is like at an angle from below up. So you look like the hero and they pan it. And it's like the camera that kind of blurs the background and it's Tabor Pepper. Did you catch that? No. <laughs> it was like this big moment and they go silent. I'm like, do they think that was Kittle or they just, it was a cool shot. So they took it. It was like right before the big play, whose expression do we need? <laughs> uh, but that was a big moment. Um I mean, the game almost was iced at the end when Greenlaw would have picked six. That that would have been, I would imagine, in Dallas land, Dak is going to be, to me, Dak's the bigger story today than McCarthy. Would you agree with that? The, the picks and how devastating they I were? I would agree it. with that. This was I didn't think upon the live watch that this was quite like last year's performance by McCarthy. They came to play. They, they came to play. And that defense, we, t- we hammered it home all week. We're like, well... Purdy running around from some of these teams. I, I think the speed of these guys is a little different. It was even more glaring how fast they were, right, relative to they, – they were a step faster than, I would say, the last month of teams chasing them. And I thought 11. There were a couple times early in this game, that fucking guy was flying. He They lined him up over Trent early and often in that game. Maybe it was just to give different looks. They talked about it on the broadcast, how Kyle told them the last couple of days, like – this guy is a completely different defensive coordinator than the guy I used to play. He's mm-hmm. mixing and matching. Their team speed up front was fantastic, but like ultimately Dak, you know, throwing the pick, the, the defense, like, let's face it. Brock Purdy has been an amazing story. The, the 16 touchdowns, four picks in this stretch of games, but there was going to be a game that got weird. And, and today started getting weird, like six, six, nine, six, nine, nine. I'm like, I'm in, I, I'm enjoying the ugly weirdness madness of this game. I, I'm cool with it. Like I, I, I was all for just being on the edge of my seat all game long, even if this is not going to be some ESPN classic. Right. If that channel even still exists, don't think. It, uh. But in a game like that, we talked about a couple things, right? No mistakes, and Purdy could not have one of his roll around make a mistake, and ultimately dacked it. And the 49ers defense, who they've relied on him all season. They're the number one defense in the league, but like you and I are old enough. Like we've seen some great defenses. It's not on that level. Like you can make plays on them plays. Like some of the great defenses, you, you never hit a play, you know, you, you're trying to get over the century mark as an offense, let alone a sustained drive where you pick up four first downs. They, they don't exist, but the Niners capitalize on turnovers, playmaking. And I, I think those two linebackers, like today was not I looked up a couple times. This this guy's story of coming back, he tore he had a bad injury in training camp. Tyron Smith. Members are right at the end of training camp and the Cowboys were freaking out. Like, what do we do? And he battles back and he comes back at the end of the season. He's been a left tackle for them, a Hall of Famer for his entire career. He's like, fuck it, guys, I'll play right tackle. And I looked up a couple times, like he was just right there with Bosa. And it was like, God, there's probably a war going on up there. And those linebackers. I thought they were all over the place. Greenlaw had the one late hit. I, I, I I'm sorry. I can kind of live with that. Well, Jimmy had the, Jimmy had the late hit last week, and it sucked. But it's like 
Look at him today, flying around, crushing people. You, if you're going to have your hardest hitters, like they're going to live on the edge occasionally with some of these hits that in 2000, like if they would have played in the 90s, they never would have got penalized right now. It's right. It's just part of the, the, the referees are naturally looking for it. It's a point of emphasis in the league. I, I can live with it if you're going to fucking crack people. And they do. Yeah. And they were cracking people all day long. And I just crack people, but make plays in space. Like to that, me, that's yeah. I don't mean Law like, and Al Shire exactly. and all those guys. Like Al Shire had some good tackles in space. Like you just trust them in space. Greenlaw had a big tackle on, um, I think on Zeke on like a it led to like a fourth and seven. So <clears throat> no, he was he was really good. The Zeke hit was really late and out of bounds, <laughs> but it's it's I, we've seen Greenlaw do that before, and we've also seen Greenlaw make a bunch of plays in games where he has some penalty. But the Niners only had three penalties in the game. Dallas had seven. The Niners had, well, they had one turnover. Ray Ray. Dallas had two, two picks. Can you the show Ra- up? Can you show up to the game in a tricycle uh, and fumble the ball? That I feel like that when you end up catching a line drive punt at your dome, it's always a little, was that a punt? It was a punt. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a little dicey. Niners special teams coverage dicey. Um, there were he did, two. He did get the ball. De- he, he got, got it, it down. though, and then went down. But it- I've been saying it all year, John. Two hands when you're running between people. I don't understand. But then he breaks off a 53 yarder on his next return. So I think one thing, like as looking back on this game, because the Cowboys are clearly pretty good. You know, I mean, they are. I, when the dust settled, one of the better teams in the league. The Bills got their ass kicked again today to end the season, but. They're also pretty good too. You you can lose in this round and, and be a good team. Their depth compared to the Niners, though, is not as deep. Because when they lost Tony Pollard, and then all of a sudden he's getting carted off, and you're yeah. clear like that ain't good. And then they come back at halftime, and he's out for the game. The Niners could not have had one injury. Maybe Trent Williams or Bosa that would have felt like that. But none of their skill guys, if they had rolled an ankle and left for the game, you would have felt as devastating is like I thought putting myself in a Cowboys fan, like we're in trouble. Because that be the last guy you want, or would Lamb be the last guy you yeah, want? Yeah, one of those two, but like those are their two better players. And it's clearly like Schultz against these linebackers isn't just running free, right? So he, he his impact on the game was not, you know, what we had kind of hyped him up. I mean, he's a good player, but what did he do today? I guess he had, he had five for 27, but Lamb had 10 for 117. Yeah, they felt, you know, it was funny watching them after watching like the game this morning with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Um, is they feel like they're two skill guys short. Now, maybe Pollard, if they have Pollard, they only feel one skill guy short. But Dal- you really feel Dallas being short a skill, a receiver, uh, another tight, just whatever, another back, something. Well, right. would Zeke would Zeke play for the Niners? No, he just wouldn't play. He can't run, and I I have a lot of respect for him as a player. When he came in the league, he was he could catch, he could run between the tackles, he was fast, he would run you over. But he to me is a throwback of what happens to a lot of running backs most of our life. They just hit a point. Sometimes it happens at twenty six. Sometimes it happens at twenty nine. It's like is this the same guy? And they're just slow. <clears throat> He's just slow, and that's why when Tony went down. The spread of their offense, it, it, it doesn't exist. Because you had to kind of account, even his speed today, and we said like, and I believe this, that the Niners matched up pretty well against him, but you could feel his speed. Like he just, 
you know, he threatens you that Zeke just doesn't threaten you. When he got an edge, like that an extra five yards or get a first down, didn't like you talked about that play that Greenlaw made just in, in the flat. He was clearly him, Mitchell, McCaffrey are on a completely different level speed wise than Zeke. Like Zeke's gonna get cut this offseason. Like he's is Zeke a year away from being just out of the league? I know he had 12 touchdowns, but is he a fullback? Maybe he could change to that, but who even uses fullbacks? <laughs> Kyle's like, well, you try it out. Yeah. He could be he could be in camp with the Niners. I could see that. He's their new, like uh the Fresno State guy that transitioned. Then they take a D lineman and move him to fullback. I, I think he got cut. Okay. Problem is, you know, use checks on another five year contract, so he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, they cut the juice, and Aaron Andrews is like, he told me, I've been in the league 10 years. My quarterback hasn't played 10 games. <laughs> and they go, and Juice has the iPad, and he's drawn on the thing. Sitting next to... It, it was it was a Harvard guy, a Stanford guy, and Purdy. I think it, I think it was Juice, McCaffrey, and then Purdy oh, were sitting McCaffrey. there on the bench. Just... Do you think Christian would have been in the game? That was Elijah Mitchell's spot anyway, right? To kind of ice the game there. You know, I don't know. McCaffrey came in (laughs) when Shanahan decided to throw a bubble screen. Clearly, one thing with McCaffrey, he's dealt with stuff and he plays through it. Like his toughness has maybe in Carolina, he didn't finish games or I'm not saying he wasn't tough in Carolina, but his he gets nicked up, but it doesn't phase him to coming in and out of the game. He might miss a series here and there, but he does not like go to the locker room, which I think was the concern of quote unquote an injured player. I mean, he gets yeah. he gets banged up, but he just throws some contraption on it, does a couple stretches, and then comes back in. All right. How about uh, Brett Maher? How about the pregame scuffle with Brett Maher? Did that get the Niners a point? Did you see Robbie Gold? For those of you who didn't see, there's a little pre- not scuffle, but they were just trying to get in his dome. And Robbie looked like he kind of felt bad. And he was trying to escort Trent Williams out of the way. Like, come on, man, be nice. This guy, he ain't got it. This is not the way to do it. We don't want to win like this. I've watched a lot of Animal Planet in my day. (laughs) And and the one thing with Animal Planet, they spend a lot of time on the the alphas of the jungle, right? Yeah. The things that kill everything. The lions, the jaguars, the crocodiles, and the hippos. And what they do to everything under them in the hierarchy. And when they see an injured or limping gazelle or moose or giraffe or zebra, anything, even if they're not hungry, they're going to establish their dominance. And when you look at the two guys that fucked with them, it wasn't like some random Ray Ray or Danny Gray running into him. It was Debo Samuel and then Trent Williams screaming at the special teams coach. Now, I don't think it's random that those two guys lead the team out of the tunnel. They're two of the better players not just on the team, but in the league, went after that guy. And I think you're right because we saw Robbie uh, Gold talk to Golf Channel this week, and I'm like, oh, what's he saying? And he was protecting him. Like, hey, I've been there. It's a hard thing for kickers. I think kickers kind of stick together yeah, a I little agree. bit like closers in baseball. or it's just, it's just goalies in hockey. It's just kind of a little unique club. He was the only guy defending him from the 49ers, like two big alphas who were clearly trying to kick the guy when he was down. It'd be like a lion – Gazelle, I'm not even hungry, but I'm just going to kind of hit you and, and bite your leg, you know? I'm not even going to eat you, but I'm going to fuck with you. And you saw Bones screaming at Trent Williams. In fairness, pretty risky. And Jimmy mentioned it on the broadcast right before the game. They asked him, like, would you have taken him? 
He's like, I would have at least definitely ran a tryout. And I, I was listening to somebody in, they said, during the broadcast, another kicker. The, the guy that missed a bunch of kicks last year for the Chargers, they added him to the practice squad. But I heard someone this week, I was in the car, and <clears throat> I forget who it was, someone associated with the 90s Cowboys. And he was kind of offended that they didn't like push Maher. He's like, Jimmy Johnson, I don't know if he would have cut him, but you could bet 100% that he would have had an open tryout on Monday or Tuesday just to be like, this is not for shits and giggles, guys. This is the second round of the playoffs. And on the Fox pregame, you could tell Jimmy was like, the ship ain't going down because of a kicker. If it goes because our pass rusher or a quarterback, but a fucking kicker, it was pretty risky for the Cowboys to do that against a game that turned out to be 9-9 the majority of the game. It's a tight spot where the Niners have a guy who's never missed a playoff kick in his career. He's 40 years old. Now, he missed a lot of playoff years with the Bears, but he's played in a lot of playoff games now with the Niners. You, you could argue if you just like said, Robbie Gold for the 49ers has never missed a playoff kick. That'd be pretty impressive, right? Right. Let alone his entire career. And then you're in a game where... Do you think Mike McCarthy would have gone for two if he'd scored a touchdown when they got the ball three minutes left? You text me that, and I said, "Shit!" I mean, I luckily they went, they got to fourth and ten pretty quick on that drive. But yeah. uh, uh, I mean, I, it would have been on the table. Well, I feel like they have a play. You know, like they they definitely would have had a play that they liked. And I thought them around the goal line short yardage. They didn't get there a lot. Dax legs. We saw it last week. We saw it this this week. I, I feel like they would have had a play they liked. Now they we didn't have Pollard anymore, but. <clears throat> I don't know. Not we didn't end up in that we didn't end up in that predicament, but I thought he would have thought about it. I thought he would have thought about it. One thing, and I mean we're gonna have all week to talk about this game, but th- the Cowboys probably should have taken more deep shots. I mean, yeah. the the Niners got hit on it last week. They got hit on it again this week. How are the the Eagles? <clears throat> Jason Kelsey's gone on record saying he's the best guy I've ever seen live throw a deep. Jalen throws a great deep ball, and they got two big time wide receivers. I will be stunned if they if they're not throwing multiple deep shots in that game. Because the one thing you would say about the Niners, like their safeties aren't speed guys. And Lenore, hell, I mean, Charvarius gave up one last week against DK. So he got beat that, at the end of the game by Gallup. Jack had some pressure on his face, but underthrew him. Bad throw. You're right. I mean, basically got tested once down the field, twice. Where the uh, there was CD Lamb down the seam on Fred Warner. Do you know but, Ty was wide open, like fifteen feet to the left on that play on the Fred Warner play down the middle? Yeah, no, <clears throat> where it went off CD's hands. Now it was a. I mean, Fred was right there. It was a really, really hard play, but Ty is wide open. I would imagine in practice you're just hitting, you're hitting CD, you're hitting CD. Like Ty was open, and that Go speaks ahead. to what you were saying. You know, they're depending on T.Y. Like he yeah. plays a lot with Noah Brown. They're a little undermanned for, for a good team, right? I feel yeah. like their defense is more potent than their offense. I, they are a defensive team. I mean, there's yeah. no question. If you said, all right, you, you get your, your team X, you're just a team. You don't have an offense or a defense yet. You get one half of the Cowboys and you got to build the other half yourself. Which half are you taking? Take you D. would take their defense. I mean, that's a playoff. An average offense is a. By the way, D'Amico held him to less points than he held him to last year. 
Now they were a better offense, maybe. I I thought as this year went on that Dallas was a better team this year, but maybe in the end they weren't. You know, I think, well, I, think were, their, I think their defense was was definitely better. Their offense was not. And w- we also took Tony Pollard out in the middle of the game, right? Yeah. Or early on in the second quarter, whenever he went out. Yeah. Early. early. Six six carries. For 22 yards. So, yeah, it was going to be and tough two, sledding for him. Two catches. I mean, he's just a huge part of their offense. He's their second most. Him and CD are their potent players. Let's talk about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, uh, two and zero in the playoffs. Did not throw a touchdown pass. Nineteen to twenty nine, two hundred and fourteen yards. No touchdown passes. No interceptions. Uh, three carries for eight yards, including a designed run in the red zone. I think I believe it was a designed run. I think it was too. Um, so, what do we think about Brock Purdy's game? Well. On the most Dak did, which was turn it over. On the most basic level, he outplayed Dak because he did not give the ball to the other team. And if he had thrown two picks and Dak's no picks, like it's that that's the difference in the game. Because the two picks led to ten points, guy. His first pick led to three points, and his second pick led to a touchdown drive. So that's that's a devastating like turnovers in these big games destroy you. I would say Purdy really almost only threw the one almost pick, and it was deflected. The one that went got tipped at the line of scrimmage, kind of went over Ayuk and Diggs, who had like 27 interceptions last year, went right through his breadbasket. I think early on their team speed was an eye-opening experience for them. And in fairness, like they were beating the shit out of Brady. Like they, they are their front gets after you. And he did a couple of his 360 keep plays alive that you're like, oh my God, man. He, now he one thing I will say he's good at when he's getting chased because he's going to get chased again. Like the Eagles have Reddick, a Sweat, Hargraves, Brandon Graham's a backup. Like they got guys that can rush the passer. He will throw the ball away for the most part. He does not when he does his three sixty. Sometimes Jimmy throws it in bounds. Still, he will throw the ball out of bounds. So I, I give him credit on that. It did feel like he was holding on for dear life early in the game and clearly in a game against a really good team for them to be potent up, they have to have a run game and they didn't get a run game in this game till the end of the game or toward, you know, the second half of the game. And I thought he started making really good plays. He was hitting guys, even the play with Kittle, like might've been a couple, you know, what, eight inches off, right. To be a perfect pass, but he's hitting guys in stride, making plays. I, I thought in the second half, he really calmed down. They could rely on him to make some big passes, on basically the final drive, uh, he hit a couple huge third down plays. Really big third down plays. The McCaffrey I mean, throw and the Ayuk throw. Yeah, I mean, really, really good third down plays. And, and, and the, the McCaffrey play ended up being a little more, I think there was a little more traffic than there should have been because one of the defenders fell down right in front of Christian. Today was much more like a Jimmy Garoppolo day than some of the games he's been having, right, with the several touchdowns. And one thing that this is where I think Kyle was always complimentary of like Jimmy did what we need him to do was good on third down. And he was good today on third down. I think they were seven to 14. And like the ones you just mentioned, those two plays in a big spot with the game on the line that keeps the clock going, gives you a new set of downs. It's just enormous. And he's hitting these guys in stride. The one McCaffrey play, they clearly ran it for him and he fucking throws the one DB was supposed to be somewhere else, almost tripped into him, but he hits it right in his numbers. It's just a perfect pass. How about the he, long throw to Jennings on a third down? Fantastic. That that was a 
that was a devastating blow for the Cowboys because that led to a field goal, didn't it? Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a huge throw by Brock Purdy. We obviously were. If you're listening to this, we're we're live right after the game, as you probably know. But so we haven't heard what Kittle or what anybody said post game. Somebody just DM me and said that Shanahan said that on the juggling Kittle catch, it was an ad lib by both Brock and Kittle that it was not part of the play. Whatever happened. So something to watch, something to review this week. But <clears throat> is that an Iowa to Iowa State connection? You know, uh, yeah, it's an interstate, interstate eighty five. <laughs> yeah, just just got it going on. You know? a t shirt. Um, yeah, I thought he made an adjustment to get rid of the ball faster on those. There was one play late that was really kind of a, I don't know if it was late, but second half where he was doing the turn my back and try to make. And he normally will turn left and try and do it again. And this time he just turned out and just chucked it, got rid of it. I thought he adjusted to the speed of the defense, like understanding that there was not a lot of time. He he pulled one down and ran late. <clears throat> I think was it on the last – it wouldn't have been on the last drive, maybe on the second to last drive, when they eventually kicked the field goal to go up seven. Um, it was third down and ten after he, he threw the ball at Debo's feet. Then they have a – third and 10 what what was that well i don't know debo clearly turned around like oh, greg olson did you hear what greg said he said he thought that debo had forgotten that it was for him and then turned back around well why would he have turned down after one step i, I think he knew i think he was mad like we can't call this play against this look mm. or, that's Could what it be. felt like because yeah. how would Debo have ad-libbed that unless they were screaming like, turn around, and he turns around? I Maybe. I, yeah, you're right. I, I, it might have been – there was an offensive lineman 12 yards downfield. A lot of moving parts on that play, and it was not moving in a correct not direction. Moving well, no. But then they – then it's a third and 10 on the next play. Purdy just gets out of the pocket, steps up, picks up like six yards, and then Robbie Gold hits the field goal. So, I yeah, I'm with you. I thought he handled things pretty well. Uh, Philip on the stream says, how about Brock not trying to do too much QB one? He's earned it. Was there ever a play? I mean, maybe at the, we'll talk about the Shanahan responsibility at the end of the first half where maybe he tried to do too much. He did eventually get the ball out of bounds. Um, was there ever a play where it felt like he tried to do too much? I, I don't think so. I, I think to piggyback what he just commented is, he was getting destroyed early on. The offensive, the, the Cowboys were winning at the line of scrimmage in the first half. That their defensive line, Parsons, they were flying around. He, it felt like he had no time to pass. Was it the second play of the game? Like the design kind of random pump, quick screen thing got destroyed. Sometimes when you get destroy people in the history of the league, since you and I have been watching enormous football games, college and pro, a quarterback who isn't up to the moment against elite players on the other side will kind of wilt. Like it's a long-standing way of football. Some guys, the majority of guys can't stand up to the heat in the biggest moments against the best players. I will give him this. He can, he is not scared because he was getting peppered. It did not look pretty. And his body language really is pretty good. He never looks too down, but he also never looks too high. And I, I think there's a steady eddy to him that because today and Jimmy had a little of this too, is just he can just get peppered over and over and he just kind of keeps it unless he breaks a bone, which happens to Jimmy sometimes. He'll just keep showing up 
Yeah. And like, get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then i reached into the freezer grabbed some ground beef and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with butcherbox you don't have to worry about what's for dinner ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials you get peace of mind with butcherbox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time Tacovas, oh yeah i was just looking at some pictures of a concert luke bryan my wife and i went to i don't know 10 years ago she had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented western wear and it's all kinds of western staples trucker jackets the perfect jeans to go with your boots performance pearl snaps cowboy hats bandanas you name it they'll get you outfitted if you can't make it to a store tecovas delivers the most premium quality 
most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the Game Time app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app, Future You Will Thank You. I got to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the 3-in-1 video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. There are some quarterbacks, and I know there's a team that used to play in the Bay Area who says, you know, sometimes their quarterback can go into the tank, you know, and I, I think this is always a knock on Cousins. Some, some of these guys make, you know, $30, $40 million dollars you start hitting them that they kind of wilt. It's like, what are we paying this guy? These are the moments. Like, I was thinking about this with Dak. You're paying all this money to get it, to just play at a high level. No. If we lose, it's not your fault. So be it. But, like, we're paying you 40 fucking a year. This is where legends are made. And it just, and I just think there's an element to Purdy's game of being unfazed by the, uh, the pressure is the wrong word, but, like, legitimately getting hit and being chased by these Guys that are really, really good. Yeah, like not, that is not the pressure of the moment, but the actual flying bullet human beings. Yeah, the speed of the team that you're playing. Like a, I would Which say, the he had not played a game like that yet. Not even close. 
I think the separating factor for why so many guys and quote unquote his shoes, not even Mr. Irrelevant, but just a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, let's say, like in a 120 pick range, they get thrust in the situation on a really good team and get start a playoff game or a late season game that's must win. They usually suck, right? Against a really good defense. It's just like, God, this is too much for them. It doesn't matter if they're playing with Jerry Rice, DK Metcalf, Jamar Chase, and Randy Moss. It's just like, they're just overwhelmed. And he never feels, he might feel overwhelmed for a play, like it doesn't look pretty. But as the game goes on, like the uh, the totality of the 60 minutes, he, he always kind of rises back up. We're like, oh, he just looks like a kind of normal quarterback again. Well, what's the saying? Like, you don't let a m- mistake beat you twice. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes, but he also doesn't let, I think that's what you're saying. He doesn't carry anything negative with him. I thought the other, Greg Olson made a good point. There was a play where Brock rolls out left and throws it away, and they come, the quick replay is Kittle dancing with his arms wide open, swinging his arms, swinging his arms, swinging his arms. And Greg Olson's like, yeah, I mean, your quarterback's on the clear other side of the field. <clears throat> his point was just, I know it's going to look like Brock missed him. That's not what happened on this play. I thought that was a pretty good moment from Greg because he's like, yeah, the guy's. 60 yards wide the other direction based on the angle. He's not going to get you the ball. He, this is not the moment from the turn, pivot, and like back across his body all the way across the field. There was a moment in the Bills game when Diggs was going nuts, and Romo's like, you know, he, he looks at Diggs originally, then he goes through his reads, then he gets chased. He's like, you, you don't start going back through your reads after you run 30 yards to the left. Stop. Like, I'll go back one, two, three. You know, it's not, it's not the way it works. I know it looks, and we focus on that when the guy's going like this. He's wide open. Well, yeah, he wasn't wide open when he looked at you, and then he had to run for his life. (laughs) Kittle, and this is the thing about the 49ers. Like, I don't know if you saw, I just saw on Twitter, like, Diggs got all his shit and left before even John McDermott and the coaches got back. He just threw out his pads, grabbed his shit, and then a player came and grabbed him and brought him back in the locker room. The 49ers are pretty good about when a play gets really fucked up, that like, and you saw it with Debo and Kittle on multiple plays, like <clears throat> the, that screen with Debo, and then the Kittle one where he's wide open. It never carries for a play or more than a play. It never feels like they start screaming at each other. No. And, and I would say this is true with Jimmy, with everybody. They, they're pretty good at just, they just kind of move on. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, well, not like some major freak out, like, Purdy, where were you? And may, maybe they yell immediately. Kyle clearly does, but but it's it ends fast. What was the play? Was it the Seahawks game? where Brock kind of threw it behind him. He almost threw the pick in the – I don't know if it was almost a pick, but he was trying to get it to Ayuk at the goal line, and Brandon maybe stopped, and he and he threw it, and it kept going into the end zone. And the immediate reaction shot of Purdy was kind of yelling at Ayuk. If you watch it again, the next play is I, maybe Ayuk came off and he's jogging back on. Purdy just kind of says something to him as Ayuk jogs by. Um, and I think it probably comes from being – coached by the guys they get coached by right Shanahan coaches us like a certain way D'Amico I'm sure there's no bullshit Kaseric like there's not a lot of space for um for ego to get in the way of being corrected it comes from leadership all that kind of stuff but you know n- never for a moment it does I mean Purdy does verbalize him it's not like he's a mute as a quarterback right like he does seem yeah. to do the things that leaders do um, Wheelie says he has literally the best team around him. He ain't playing for the Jets, LOL. 
Yeah, and his job on this team is to get the ball to good players and not make mistakes doing it. And he well, I, I, I would say this, though, that the 49ers offensive line is not bad. And you saw today McGlinchey get tossed by Micah Parsons. At one point in time, I look up and Brunskill <clears throat> is screaming down the field. And I'm like, wasn't Burford? Burford got benched in this game, clearly, because he was getting smoked. Now, they rotate throughout the year. But I was looking at Matt Barrows tweeted this out during the game. Like, this is a second straight series for Daniel Brunskill. This is not normally. They usually flip off. They give him one series. I think it's because someone probably in the box is like, the right guard is having some issues in this game. And rightfully so. It's the, a rookie right guard from UTSA against the Cowboys could be overwhelmed. Like, it's, it's very possible. And I, I thought tonight Brock is running for his life. Like, th- th- there was a major difference throughout part of this game. The, the 49ers have one elite offensive lineman. Banks is a good player. Burford has some moments. He also gets benched or rotated, however you want to consider it, throughout the entire season. Rotated. That, that is, that, this is not basketball. You don't rotate guards. Like, when you look at all the other teams, like Tyron Smith is like, he just rotates out. No, you stay in the whole time. That The 49ers rotate guys out. <clears throat> McGlinchey got tossed. Now, Parsons is, I'd say, easily, if Bosa's the best, the second best. And honestly, it's probably like a 1A, 1B. I don't think after player. watching this game, you could say he's <laughs> second best. You know what I mean? Like, he's right. Yeah, they, he's they're there. equals. They, they are elite players. They, they are premium players. They are game wreckers. They are difference makers. So that, that could happen to any offensive lineman. But PFF, listen, I'm not trying to beat up on McGlinchey, but you, when you play the best, Micah Parsons, next week, I'm pretty sure Hassan Reddick had it a fantastic year for the the Eagles. And they obviously have a lot of bodies up front. He is a liability in the pass game. And the 49ers are at their best when they can run it. Well, in the first half, they could not. They had like 20 or 30 yards rushing. uh, PFF has them for 19 sacks. I don't know if that's the official stat because their stats are different, but Hassan Reddick. He's an awesome player. And to me, McGlinchey is a liability in in the pass game. He's good in the run game. And when they can run the ball, the pass game is much easier for them because you don't know what's coming. But that wasn't really working today, right? And they got into some, you know, when you get into second and nine and third and 11, it's pretty clear what's going to happen. You're going to drop back. And that is advantage for the best players. And the Cowboys and the Eagles have them on the lines. So I would say next week, I I mean, I would imagine, I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves, but I I don't know if it's going to look that much different up front these these seven days, this game yeah. and that game, right? Right, right. I mean, we talked about it the other day, but Philly and Dallas are number one and number two in pressure in sack rate, percentage of dropbacks that result in sacks. Dallas was 8%, Philly's 11%, number one and number two in the NFL. They get That's part of playing this time of year. Yeah. Right? That's part of being in the final four. The best <clears throat> defensive linemen. And they got the unlimited amount of them. It's actually when you really – Take a step back and think about the 49ers, winter. too. I think the, the Eagles will say all week, like they got one of the best defensive lines in the league, right? Well, it, Dallas feels actually the more you think about them offensively, like such an outlier compared to the teams that ended up or the teams that always end up, you know, in kind of the elite eight. When you just think about all the skilled guys that are on the field for the Bengals, and I know the Bills maybe aren't quite the Bengals, but just the multiple pass targets that they have plus their quarterback. What Philly has on the field is ridiculous. The Cowboys feel closer to the Giants than they do to the Bengals and the Eagles and the 49ers 
from an offensive talent standpoint. But their the defense, Jets. but their but their defense is no, really I understand. Good. No, hundred percent, I understand. I'm just saying, like, you're going to get that defense again with a very different off. You know, it's a, it's a. We'll see what this week. We wondered, you know, would he have to throw for 280, 300 yards to beat the Cowboys? The answer was no. Okay, so that'll be part of the conversation this week with Philly. Can you slow them down? They just scored 38 on the Giants the way you just held Dallas to 12. Jalen's a better player. Jalen's a better player than Dak. Jalen's a better player. He's a better athlete. His receipt, he has two number one receivers, right? Yeah. They they have a ton of the running receivers backs. left in the playoffs are just ridiculous. It's crazy. All time great. I mean, truly, like the greats of their eras are in the final. Well, I'm watching Jamar Chase today. I'm like, is this what Debo would look like if you meshed him with Ayuk? Because that's what he, he just, feels like, like. Slimmed down if he was a little thinner. Yeah, but could run guys over and can run routes and just is this guy is it possible to slow this guy down? Is it one of the great scouting jobs of all time when Joe Burrow pounded the table said, I want Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think about that every time I watch the Bengals. But but the Lions don't regret it either. Like, they like their player. I know yeah. he came after them, but yeah, it was a great um, pick. One other – this is actually a perfect transition to talk about Kyle Shanahan. Um, one other Brock Purdy throw I wanted to point out was the play after Parsons tossed McGlinchey. That was a first down and 10. That was the end of the half. You know, Niners get the ball with two timeouts, a minute and 15 seconds, 28 sec, uh, 28 yard line. They hand it off to Debo. Then McCaffrey gets no gain. Then Shanahan's going to pack it in, but then he's not because they get a third and one. Then Parsons tosses McGlinchey. Second down and 10 <clears throat> was Juwan Jennings catches the ball when it looks like there's nothing. Purdy actually held the ball for a second on that one. And Jennings, who again just has like two catches a game and they're both huge, gets out of bounds with 12 seconds. That was a big, that was a, I would call that a clutch throw because you were about to not get points. Dallas was going to get the ball first to start the second half. They ended up not scoring, but you know, it felt like getting points was going to be really critical. And I, that was a really clutch throw by Purdy in a, in a late half situation there where he had to help his coach out because his coach was kind of giving up. Yeah, and that's why you could say at the end of the game, or I mean the end of the half, when he throws it, you know, seven seconds, if you wanted to be critical of Brock, like situational awareness, but that that's a tough position for any quarterback because if the you don't have any timeouts, if the play fucks up, you got to get rid of the ball, but you got to be careful not to just throw it into the ground to get an intentional grounding, right, and having a long, taking a big go back and not be able to hit the field goal. Tough spot. I, I text you immediately. I said, I, I wouldn't – it's not that I don't trust Purdy. I just don't trust this situation against a really good defense. Take it out of your quarterback's hands. Just kick the field goal. Then you can do a squib kick with like three seconds, right? You you would be able to do that because there's not enough time. Like Robbie Gold kicks a field yeah. goal. Let's say there's two seconds left. Squib- then you could just squib it or whatever, pop it or do whatever you want. But right. I, I thought – I know Purdy got screamed at by the coach, but I didn't put that as much on Brock in that situation. I think it's really hard. I think it would have been hard for Matt Ryan, Phil Rivers, who just because all of a sudden you get pass rushed, you know you you got a clock ticking in your head, you got to get rid of the ball. Like that's the one kind of negative of the day, like that kind of moment. And I don't think it's even fair to blame him. Like, I, I just think it's a very very difficult spot for for any high level quarterback, let alone some rookie in that spot against a pass rush that can get after your ass. Yeah, you, I mean, you could have got sacked. It's a good point because you wonder like, are there things that he still needs to experience and learn, and you just coach him as if he knows everything maybe right like you know 
I don't, I don't know what Kyle said in the headset, but he has only played the amount of games that he's played, the amount of snaps that he's played. There probably are some spots where being a young quarterback will show up. And uh, maybe that was one of them. I didn't, it, Olsen made the point too. The ball has to hit the ground. It's not when the ball hits. I thought it was when the ball hit anything, but it's not. It's when the ball hits the ground. So the guy reached up and touched it. Then it hit the ground. So wait, if it hits like, like uh, thrown it too high and it just like gets to the stands eventually or something. I mean, if it what, comes to rest what, on the bench, uh, what, what if it hits like, you know, the box that the uh, equipment guys runs out and then yeah, bounces, bounces up. It's up. I don't, I guess I don't think it's down. I think he's right. Like, I think it's got to hit the ground. That's pretty crazy. So, but let, let's talk about Kyle Shanahan's game. We could start with that. Shanahan, end of the half. Shanahan's whole first half. It was not Kyle's best game. Um, now, somebody tweeted me and said, well, you got to give credit to the Cowboys defense. A hundred percent, you give credit to the Cowboys defense. Without question, you give credit to the Cowboys defense. But what did you? What was going on at the end of the half was, it was pretty confusing. I mean, I understand you don't want to give Dallas the ball back, but you know, you got to go, you got to go get points. Like they don't just give themselves to you. Well, especially because I guess I would somewhat understand it. Uh, honestly, I was confused when Dallas kicked off in the second half because I was like, well, Kyle knew he was getting the ball at a half. That's you just what clarified in my mind. <laughs> no, but it just, in it my mind, like what, what are you doing? Like, wh- why would you waste time when you have consistently been pretty aggressive with Purdy? The other thing is, if you had been at like the 10-yard line, backed up and had to go 90, would have kind of got it. But weren't they close to the 40-yard line? Like, you're right there with an off- an offensive repertoire of dudes everywhere. You got a million plays. Like, I, I understand the first several drives when they're getting crushed in the run game. It's hard. You're feeling each other out. I, I have no problem with, like, trying some different shit out and not working. I, I'm not even crushing the play calling even though it clearly was not working. That's football. It's high-level football. It easily could happen next week. It easily could happen in the Super Bowl, and you could win it all. It could easily happen next week, and you lose. Like It's just it's hard against the best teams with the best players. But situational football, like you can't control, let's say, like the first couple series. You have this play dialed up like a, you know, a backside reverse to Debo or some play to Christian, and it doesn't work. You've prepared for it. I, I know you've worked all week. Like, you're not calling this play because you think it's not going to work. You've done the work. They've proven like they are a good offensive coaching staff. Not everything's going to work. I, I'm I'm fine with that, even though it's funny to make fun of it on Twitter. Situational football, though, in that spot to run the clock down and then to call a timeout after like 25 seconds wasted off, I thought was insane. And then ultimately it almost cost them because it put yourself in a predicament where time was not on your side. And then for you to undress the quarterback – and I'm all for like coaching people hard. I've had several people DM me like, hey, I just watched Coach Prime on uh, Amazon video. Like he's an old school, like in guy's ass. Like he is not some like just like freewheeling it. Like he is this, he's not like uh, it's not. I think a lot of people think he's like a player's coach. Like he's he's on guy's ass. Not the easiest guy to play for, I think, in terms of his standard. Kyle's the same way. But Kyle, you created the crazy situation. Like you put him in the predicament. So he didn't it look like he was yelling at him? Like he was really, Uh, really bad. Like Kyle, yes, you fucked up. Like I that was on Kyle to not to call the timeout and waste 25 seconds. Borderline inexcusable. And I know you've always been someone, and I I agree that like 
uh, clock management is clearly more difficult than I think we all think it is on the sideline when you're, you know, we're sitting on our couch with, with, you know, whatever food we order from DoorDash or DiGiorno pizza, fucking cheese spilling all over us with a soda Gatorade or beer. But like that situation was pretty, like he knew what he was doing and, and he just, I thought it was crazy. So did everyone. I mean, it was, it he was played nuts. with fire. He played with fire is what he did. Right. He played with fire because he didn't want Dallas to get the ball back. He 56 seconds, I think basically they run a play and they call a timeout with 30 seconds. So it was 20, like you said, 25 seconds, basically they let off the clock, but then they get the first down on third and one. They always do guy. They always I do. I know it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of people were joking and it was appropriate. It was, it was kind of the Garoppolo uh, play sheet. Did Greg Olson say during the game that Kyle told him he was going to be conservative today? I, Did I didn't hear that. that. No. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, I thought they spent a lot of time relying and, 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 you know, if you're new here, like I, I think Kyle Shanahan is pretty well, there's no debate anymore about whether Kyle Shanahan is a good football coach or not. Um, but I did think for playing a fast defense, they spent a lot of time relying on misdirection and trying to get things going side to side where the horizontal game isn't, is just, it's not going to work as well against a team that's really fast. And Dallas had some stuff dot. And, and again, part of it's Dan Quinn's really good and they got good players and all that. And I think the other part, if you're going to give Shanahan the benefit of the doubt on just kind of the big picture play calling, they really are. It's such a cliche, but with them, it really is a four quarter game. Like they're going to run and run. And it, I had no problem when McCaffrey was picking up two yards, 2.2, whatever it was. They ran for 27 yards as a team in the first half. I had no problem with them continuing to run the football because more often than not with them, it, it bears out that it is, it will work over the course of four quarters if it's going to be this type of game. I thought when the offense and the offense did really get in a flow before that, you know, they get the ball after um, a couple of drives if nobody's scoring and they got in a flow. And it, to me, it was just because they popped the run, popped the run, popped the run, five yards, five yards. Now they hit some throws and Kittle made the great catch, but they just really committed to the straight ahead run game without a lot of Debo backfield bubbles and, you know, horizontal plays that I thought were, were a little misguided because of how fast Dallas was. Well, it, it, works, it, it works as long as the game's close, right? As long as you're not down 10 or you're not right. down 7. I don't know. You can't waste a half against Philly next week. Probably. No. And to me, it, it worked in this game because they were up 16 to 12. Or they, were up, they were up a touchdown. Dallas kicks a field goal, and then they go on a 13-play, 64-yard drive that almost eight minutes. And they that get was the ball was tied at nine nine. No, this is in the fourth quarter, so it's it's nine nine. Then the 49ers go on a touchdown drive after a punt, right? And they go up sixteen to nine. Then Dallas gets the ball back. They go and they kick a field goal, and it's they're up four points. So the 49ers get the ball back up four points with eleven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They go on a thirteen play drive and they kick a field goal with three minutes left in the game, and that was where they just started imposing their will and running down their throat. See, I, I thought they started doing it on well, that. I agree. Other, on the first drive you talked about, because that well, was DeMarc. That was a first down run. Kittle makes the catch. Then it's McCaffrey through traffic. McCaffrey, a run McCaffrey, seven yards, Mitchell, a run Mitchell, a run. I mean, it's five straight runs. So you yeah. wear them down in the second half in a tight game. And this game was tight and they did. And the Cowboys couldn't score. So obviously in this individual game, it worked. 
and you know they I don't want to say they tapped out. It just they ran out of gas, right? Short short rest. 49ers imposing their will. It's just not many teams. We talked about it this week. Like, is it a good or a bad thing that the Cowboys pass rushed 66 times? And I, I think you said, well, not every pass rush is equal, right? There are some pass rushes like in a 19-19 game or a 7-7 game in the third quarter. You're giving it your all. There's Both another one. Gas today. was exhausted because every pass rush in this game matters, right? So you may only drop back to throw 30 times, but you're like, my 30 reps would have been crazier than a blowout where I'm repping 47. So I don't think it did. But I think the Cowboys, just from uh, they had been on the road a lot. We had talked about that leading up this week. That game last week was weird. The travel that they wore down, their offense ultimately let them down. Because the defense today came to win a fucking playoff game, right? The Dallas Cowboys defense showed up to win a playoff game and played winning football just like the Niners did. The Niners' offense played winning football in the sense that they did what they had to do. They executed, and they did not make a mistake. The Cowboys' $40 million quarterback did not do the same. He fucked up. And you could argue some of their players did too, right? I mean, Dalton Schultz, just the details weren't there. They had an injury that came against them. But, like, I I think, Kyle, this is a classic old-school game. It was going to be ugly, going to be a defensive battle. It kind of was last year, right? Even though the Niners were up several scores, it's not like 30-3. to You know, it was 23 to seven. Well, all of a sudden you're just a pick six away from it being a tight game. And that's essentially what happens. So, you know, I I don't love Kyle at the end of the half, but it's hard to like totally freak out because it didn't cost him. But I, I do think next week, you know, was it it was last night. Brian Dayball early in that game went for it on a short fourth down. And I, I saw a lot of people like, what the hell is he doing? It's like he he's playing an all-star team t- here. He knows like. I'm going to have to score to even have a snowball's chance in hell. I don't know if Kyle's going to have to play quite like that, but he's going to have to have a different mindset to me going on the road against a potent team than he did against this Cowboy team that is like the poor man's version of his own team, right? Defense, make it ugly, and just we got, even though the Niners have been scoring a lot, like Cowboys are cool trying to win 24 to 17, you know? Yeah, Cowboys got... At least how many guys on their defense would start for the 49ers? I mean, they're, you know, they would start a line. Diggs would. A lot of D linemen would. Van Linebackers wouldn't, but Van Der Esch would play. Van Der Esch wouldn't start over Green, Al-, Al Shire, Greenlaw. Uh, did you hear on the broadcast that Dan Quinn thought he was the most improved guy from last year to this year? I didn't hear him say that. About Van Der Esch? He thought Van Der Esch was their most improved guy on defense. And it watched it in the night. You're like, God damn, this guy's flying around hitting people. Yeah. Um, I think the good news, like, we'll see. I <clears throat> we'll see what Dallas does if Sean Payton. Do you think Parsons would start over Abacam? I don't know. Abacam had a big sack. <laughs> no, he did. Uh we'll see what Jerry Jones does. I think he should consider changing coaches, especially if he can get Sean Payton, then he absolutely should change coaches. I think the one thing two years in a row now. <clears throat> And and if they lose Dan Quinn, obviously that's an L for them. But Kyle Shanahan is better than Mike McCarthy. I mean, that much we know. So I'm confident in saying that. I don't think I'm out on a limb saying anything that nobody else would agree with. But that's, you know, just another take. You've gone toe-to-toe with them twice. You've played kind of the same game with them twice. You've beaten them twice. Now you lose D'Amico too, maybe. Um, we'll see. Depend. I mean, D'Amico could take a job tomorrow. But you don't think Mike McCarthy's getting fired, do you? I think Mike McCarthy should get fired if they can hire Sean Payton, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, he's not. I just, I don't think it's happening. Uh, well, then that's good for the 49ers. My point is ultimately, like, you have a better coach than them. So. For sure. And if they lose their defensive coordinator, they're worse. Yeah. Um, not that there aren't good defensive coaches out there, but. But they hired Mike Zimmer. He's on, he's on, he's like consulting for Coach Prime right now, but <laughs> he's on that staff, kind of. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what he, it feels like Dan Quinn's probably going to get like the Denver Bronco job, would be my guess. Yeah. Feels like Dan Quinn kind of deserves that another shot. I kind of like what Dan Quinn's cooking up. I know. He's been really, imp- like, he, not many times when a guy gets fired, you're like, yeah, I just probably shouldn't have been a head coach. And then he becomes a defensive coordinator. Like, God, I kind of want to see this guy get another shot. His defense is kicking ass. He's up there backwards hat looking. Just standing up, up for the whole ball game. guys. Just fired up. Standing up the whole game. Not like a crazy ego guy that has to be on the sideline jumping up and down. And I'm not saying that's just an ego guy doing that. But, like, clearly, is he comfortable up there? Like, it has more of an impact on the game? I, I guess I'm just used to. Sidelines? Well, I'm just used to the Niners guys. Love being on the sidelines. Like, D'Amico yeah. and Sala. Yeah, and he maybe and Quinn is like torn. you, know, Sala, you big energy guy. I don't know. It's like he's torn. Like he he knows it's better up there, but he prefers to be in the fight. Uh, John Lynch got from the booth to the field really quick, incredibly what, fast. How about Shanahan with the throw? Cowboys are out of timeouts. End of the game. Just going to run one more play, and you have an option. You either just run the ball and punt. Or you really try to go for the first down. And Kyle tried to split the baby. He runs like a bubble screen to Purdy, who boy, Purdy Purdy's dropping down like uh El Duque. Purdy drops down a lot. <laughs> Sidearm throws just for the hell of it. Feels I like. think he's com- but I think some guys are comfortable making he's, that throw. Clearly, right. And he delivered like that was Shanahan trusting Brock to just execute that play. Because it was not a short throw to McCaffrey for that kind of bubble screen out there right let's just do the math if mitchell had with one whatever i guess they would have ran 80 seconds off the clock because they still had multiple timeouts right so they would have got second and third down to punt that that yeah it cost him a day it cost him a down cost him a down yeah so it was it was a big 40 seconds it was big now without it who knows we don't get the dalton schultz play and all that but i just thought that was a pretty because he could go i got us 40 seconds guys do you think Kyle calls that play for Jimmy? Uh, probably not. No, he no, trusts really? he tr- he trusts Brock dramatically more to throw the ball to make layups. Like I don't think the play call, even with Purdy and the offensive line kind of getting worked in the first half, was a reflection on Purdy and more just about the tenor of the game, like the the ebb and flow of just we can't afford to have something, you know. A fumble, uh, a turnover. This game was going to come down to, as it did, one score. Right? It, it was clear. Like this is, it was. You're going to be hard pressed to see this game. Someone win by double digits at nine nine. It was like, could 15 points win this thing? You probably would have taken 15 points coming out of half at nine nine. Probably wouldn't have just because, you know, it just takes like one they could score a touchdown. Yeah, you. you if I would have gave you 20 at halftime of nine nine, you would have felt pretty good. Right. And, you know, I, I think Kyle, his mindset, who leans conservative, right? Like, I, I think that's what he leans is to be conservative. Like, ultimately, Mike McCarthy, 
when you look at his now, he's the majority of his coaching career has been Aaron Rodgers and, and now Dak. He's a passing game guy. Like the knock at, for those Green Bay teams is like, God, they, if they would have had more balance running the ball, he just threw, 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 threw a little like a poor man's Andy Reid. Like just fucking run the ball a little, Mike. And I, one thing he's kind of morphed into is kind of being this aggressive guy, right? Like just you're allowed to go for twos. You're allowed to go for it on fourth down. I know the Maher thing impacted today, but I just think that's kind of been there. Just they lean aggressive. And it's why they were so potent last year with them. Like if you add Amari with CD and Cedric Wilson, like looking back and Schultz and Tony Pollard, like that team last year kind of underachieved when you really think about it. Like that, that was a pretty loaded squad, you know? And you could argue this team, did this team overachieve a little bit, the Cowboys? Because the Niners, you just watch them. They should be better if they are if they just have, you know, B, B-minus quarterback play, which they're getting right now. The Niners should be better. The only way the Cowboys beat the Niners, in my opinion, is if Dak has a really good game and Brock Purdy's terrible. Yeah, but if, I, if they're if they're around the same, the Niners over the course of a game, home or away, are just better. They have better players top to bottom. I would say they didn't overachieve. I think they got overrated. The reason I say they didn't overachieve is like if they're not, you know, the third or fourth best team in the NFC, then who is? Well, the NFC suck this year. Giants, Seattle, right? I mean, Minnesota. Like, Minnesota won 13 games. 13 games. People watch them in the playoffs. I mean, they might as well have won eight, right? So, well, like the Giants. I mean, they're 9-7 in one team. They got beat 38-7 to in a playoff game. Yeah, they they were 12-5 and somehow. Seattle. Fantastic season relative to the standard coming into the season. They went nine and eight and lost. A, they gave up forty-one points in a playoff game. They had right? one more win than the football team. So I, I stand by this. I think the football team was pretty good. They just had some quarterback issues. They had a good defensive line. They had a potent offense. They just didn't really have a quarterback. They have they have They're a recipe though, but they didn't have a quarterback. If, they, if you just put like Purdy on their squad, maybe ten wins. I don't know about that. <laughs> I well, Rivera, this- I don't know if you've seen the offensive coordinators. Every time I look up, it's like uh, Bill Walsh's cousin. It's like, who is he interviewing? Maybe he's waiting on somebody, you know. But that one thing's clear, like looking at just on this ESPN.com, it has the NFC East and NFC West. Like the NFC East was the best division by far, or the NFC East in the NFC, right? Their, their worst team was 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. They had three playoff teams, and they had, you know, the Eagles stumbled a little at the end, but I think start to finish, if they didn't have Jalen get hurt, they're, they're probably a 15-2, and two, potentially 16-1. and one. Like, that's a really, really good team. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the West had two of the three worst teams in the division, in the conference, the Rams. To me, what the Eagles are, if you give the 49ers an MVP-level quarterback, like, what do you have? You have a dominant team. Like, that's... Forever, the Eagles had an MVP-level quarterback and a roster that looks a lot like the Niners. What what do you get? You get a team that like should win every week. Yeah, and that's why. Same thing with the Niners. Like when Purdy's playing well, you have to be able to contextualize. Like, oh, they're not playing anybody. Watch them. Like they got. We all understand how good their fucking players are. Like they can play with anybody when they're getting good quarterback play. Same with the Eagles. Like who have they beat? Like I, we all know if Jalen's playing well, that team is legit. Right. And that's the thing with the Cowboys. Like, 
I supported him a little because I respect really good defense, really good pass rush. But when when you struggle to score, as you know they did today, and your quarterback turns it over, it's going to be problems. Yeah, and they played Dak's best career game last year against what uh, last week against what turned out to be a team that didn't really belong in the playoffs. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens this week. But the two best teams are in the in the conference championship, and I would say Dallas. When you look at the rest of the conference, would be in just their own little tier. Neither better Minnesota. Yes. Like the Niners would have rather played all the other teams beside the Cowboys today. Beside the Minnesota, Eagles. Tampa, Giants. Yeah. <clears throat> Washington, Detroit, Seattle, whoever. This was the third best team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else? Um, George Kittle, big game. Resurrection. I mean, it's funny when you look at the numbers, it doesn't feel anything like career resurrection. I don't know that anyone's saying that necessarily, but Travis Kelsey had 14 catches yesterday. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would say he plays a different game, right? No, he does. He does. Travis Kelsey finds himself wide ass open a lot for a guy who's a Hall of Fame player. I don't know how he's open all the time, but he's open all the time. Although Kittle got open today too, but um, signature George Kittle game, five for 95, just an incredible Kittle game. I, I feel for a guy that's you know been one of the best players on a team that's now been to three conference championship games in four years. You do have to produce a little at that position to be like just get your respect at the highest level, and I think he's really done that since Purdy's come back, and now everyone just considers like, and I think Travis Kelsey would like this guy's one of the best players in the game. Like this guy is a dominant force, right? Like same with Debo. What Debo did last year, and he can do it at any you know, snap of a finger. It's not about like his weekly numbers now. Like I, I don't know what his stats were today. I don't really care. If you tell me Debo's the best player on the field in Philadelphia, it's very believable. If that turns out to happen, no one's going to be shocked. Right. And and I think Kittle's got that again where he can have a game where he didn't have to have five for 95. He has two catches and everyone's like, yeah, he's one of the best players in the league. And I, I think he's kind of got that back. Not that he lost it, but just when you play a position that is, you know, catching is part of it and you don't your stats aren't you know because your quarterback play is Jimmy Garoppolo I mean Purdy he's been a very very potent weapon I would say you you really feel his presence in the passing game and he's a dominant player with the ball in his hands and he's just a great like his skill level and I think it gets forgotten for that period like with Jimmy when he's not catching the ball that much his skill is elite I mean, that catch today was an incredible concentration catch for any player, right? Let alone in the spot it was in, down the seam with the guy bearing down on him, guy right behind him. His ball skills, you know, for a guy that's never going to have, right, the Travis Kelsey numbers or, you know, Shannon, I got your back, LeBron Sharp numbers or Tony Gonzalez. Like, he is skilled at that level. Shannon, meet me outside Dylan Brooks numbers. Are you allowed to do that? No. I don't think so. I mean, what a fucking clown. What was that? And pretty you embarrassing. Could, you did convince me. That the only way I would think it was not embarrassing. Well, not not embarrassing. But if you told me like him and Dylan Brooks, like Dylan's agents trying to get Dylan's like Dylan doesn't get enough big sponsorships. They're trying to get Dylan some more attention for Dylan. Have a little back and forth. The game's in L.A. I don't – I did Shannon rant about it on – I guess it happened on a Friday Dylan night. Dylan called him after the game a pedestrian and a blogger. 
They call him a blog. Oh, I thought he called him a podcaster. He called him a he called, he called him a blogger. Pedestrian's a pretty good thing to call somebody. Um, you know, the other thing with Kittle, the Niners never feel uptight offensively, but you never quite know if they're loose. And George is pretty loose. Like in the biggest moments, George is extremely loose, hamming it up for the camera, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if it would be the first thing you'd pick for a player to do, but there's got to be something to be said for in these moments where it's so tight, George being pretty loose and obviously a, you know, just a big target. And if him and Brock ad lib that crazy catch, then that's, that's pretty good too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think we are, we got a heavyweight fight coming and we got the 49ers. Our best players are just playing at a really high level offensively. I mean, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, McCaffrey, Mitchell's healthy. It's just, it's a potent Carried unit. by juice today. Ju- Juwan Jennings juice. It's a, it's a potent unit of both teams. Well, I would say this one about this, about the night. You're right. I mean, I would say this about the Niners group. You just made me think of it. Like it's a group that's used to playing this way. So if Brandon Ayuk gets one has one catch going in the fourth quarter, like Brandon Ayuk's just gonna be ready if you need him on a third down and five, right? If Kittle's got no catches in the first half, Kittle's just gonna be ready. If if Mitchell has no has two carries in the first half, Mitchell's just gonna be ready. If Jennings has one catch in the first half and you got a third and twelve coming up, like he's just gonna be ready. They've played this way all of them their whole careers. Kittle's played this way his whole career. Debo's played this way his whole career. Ayuk's played this way his whole career. Jennings has played this way his whole career. McCaffrey's going to get a bunch of touches early, so it doesn't matter, and he's seen life on the other side. He knows it can be much worse. Like, they're always ready. And part of it is they've. This is the this is the game they've played. Like, they know. Jennings knows. It may be that my first catch comes on third and 11 in the fourth quarter. I have to be ready for it. And so they're just always ready. There's no... Not that you would get at this time of year, but there's no moping. I haven't seen the ball. They're just always ready. Well, I would Which, say this: playing for the Niners' offense with star players. Well, well, the other thing is, though, I, I think it humbles you as a skill guy when blocking is an enormous part of your job. And I, I don't mean humble like it humbles; it's just part of. It keeps you very grounded. Like it, it is demanded when you are on the edge. There, there was a play late in the game where Debo motion back and stop like right over the tight end and block up the middle. Now I wouldn't call him like use Jack hitting the hole, but they, they task these guys with blocking. Ayuk and Jennings on the outside, Debo all over the map. Obviously use check Kittle. It's just kind of in the ethos of the offense separate from the offensive lineman. Like blocking is something they take a lot of pride in. And I, I remember McDaniel on like a, Whatever that thing was, they set up a long time ago the uh, coaching c- clinic or whatever they used collective? to do. With the sh- collective hammered at home, like how detailed we are. And I learned this early on the Shanahan tree of the pride we take in blocking in this offense. Which, ironically, McDaniel called seventy-five pass attempts for Skyler Thompson in a playoff game. But you know, and McVay wanted to get rid of Jared Goff so fast, so he didn't have to run the ball anymore. And Kyle, Kyle, you guys were frauds. You guys just pretended to like running the ball. It was me and my dad. You guys always wanted to pass. You wish you were an Andy guy. Kyle's the only guy that's holding on. I mean, even Rogers slinging it around. You know, LaFleur's like, fuck the run game. And Kyle's still hammering home, you know. And it, it turns out 
because that's who they are. These other guys, like, you know, I kind of want to be like Andy Reid. <laughs> and I don't blame him. I'd want to call passes too. It because it, you know what? And this is the thing I have a lot of respect for Kyle. It takes a lot of discipline to stick to the run game. Yeah. It it really does. And and when it doesn't go right, and it easily could this upcoming week, you can go like, what the hell was that game plan? Right. Maybe it has to be in you like from childhood. I think it I think it does because I would pivot that patient with it and that dedicated to it. Guy watching the game yesterday, they're like, Andy, call some runs for your guy. And he's like, pass, 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 pass. It's just because it's just you, you don't get it's who you are, right? Like there's no you don't change, you know. I think Romo's like, you know, a tiger doesn't usually change his stripes. Maybe Olsen said that. No, a tiger never changes his stripes. Like the leopard never changes his spots. Like they're that that forever. A coach is a coach. Like what honestly, what Dan Quinn is doing completely just changed. Like, I don't run the Pete Carroll defense anymore. I've just morphed into like doing what modern day defense. That's really impressive. That that does not happen for I mean, you, I bet if you check Dan Quinn's bank account, there's a lot of millions. So he doesn't like usually you're that rich, your ego's that big, like you do what you're great at. He's like, fuck it, I'll just learn a new defense. What when, when does that ever happen with a coach? Very rare. Where a guy just like gets fired, humbled, older guy. He's only I know he's not that old, but he's just scraps it. Like McCarthy's thing was like he went into the lab for a year and came back. He lied. He lied. He, he came back he with no run game. Tape. Remember, he's like, I told Jerry, watch all the games. I lied. It's like, you're a liar. He literally lied. He said he, he lied. lied. Yeah. He lied. He said he lied. Uh, I guess Saban going to like a spread a spread out offense. But he doesn't, co- but he he just asks you to do it. He doesn't, he didn't have to do it, right? He just hired yeah, people. Right, right. He just knew what was hard for him to defend and got somebody else to do it that way. Like, let's say Purdy. Like, like McCarthy doesn't know the run game, which means he'd have to learn how to be a run game coordinator if he's going to involve. And his team looks like it. Sort of the Bills. The Bills The Bills look like they don't care about the run. <laughs> well, they don't. Well, let's say Purdy had been like uh, his first two years had been with Mike Leach and had a ton of success, but he transferred to Iowa State because he wanted to be a pro and he knew that like that gave him the best chance. But like Kyle's like, I know Purdy loves the Mike Leach air raid concepts. We're going to implement some of that. So this offseason he went with whoever, and just studied it for like Cliff. like he did with RG3. Yeah, he met Cliff in Thailand, and he just implemented it. You'd be like, that's really impressive, right? Because it's easy to like send an assistant, like you do it, and you learn it, you know, and that's... Remember Andy when they got Alex and he hired Chris Alt? Yeah. And he just brought him and they implemented some of the pistol stuff with him. It's just the best coaches are always evolving and... You know, I I think like you said, Kyle's huge advantage is he's just he's just much better than Mike, and th- that's why what to me what makes this week kind of fascinating is like Sirianni is not the play caller. Shane Steichen is who's interviewing for head coaching jobs, and and Rich Gannon's cousin, uh, I forget his first name, but Gannon the defensive coordinator. It's really more like D'Amico versus Steichen and Kyle versus. Uh, Gannon, but also Kyle's like leading the troops, so he's versus Sirianni. But Sirianni, like, he's not calling the place. A little McCarthy-ish, you know. But he's, but he's very, he's a huge part of the sideline whole thing, you know. There was a lot of Sirianni last night. Plays in Indianapolis. Mm-mm. 
right? Frank was? Never has. Yeah, Frank So did. that to me, like, it makes more sense to me when you take – you think a guy, like, is a good leader and all that. And it's always kind of cr- a little crazy to me when you became – now, D'Amico would be a guy who – I don't know if he'd keep calling defense. I could understand if you're like, no, his qualities are so far beyond just X's nose. He's a great head coach. He's a leader, all that. I, I read this article. Like if you have a chance. famous for play calling. So that when I, I, I understand that. I got about two articles in me a week from the athletic okay. on just something just random. It was a deep dive into Brian Dable and how he put together his coaching staff. I, I recommend it. If you're an athletic subscriber or like me, still have access code ham and <laughs> Brian Dayball talked about wink Martindale and hiring all his coach. It's a fascinating read how he let his assistant coaches interview coordinators. It, it was cool. But with Mike Kafka, I actually think he lied because he wanted Mike Kafka on his staff. He told him he was the play caller, but only for OTAs. And he said he reserved the right to take it back if OTAs didn't go right. And I wonder if in his mind, like he wanted a really good coach, but he knew he couldn't steal him from Andy if he didn't. You have to name the guy the play caller, right, if he's not calling plays. But then, because part of Dayball was like, I wanted the opportunity to be a head coach. And I knew that I couldn't just be in the offensive meeting the whole time. Like I wanted to be in both. But I told Mike, like, you're going to get OTAs, but if it doesn't go well, I might take it back. Kafka did well, and he, and he kept rolling with him. Like, that's a sneaky move that actually worked out well. But if I was Andy, I would have been pissed if Brian Dable would have been calling the plays come week one. But the point is, like, Sirianni was the play caller last year through half the season, and it wasn't going well. And then they flipped it. Like, he gave it to the other guy, and they implemented, like, the Oklahoma offense – and they got Jalen rolling, and then they morphed it into whatever it is this year. I do think what makes Kyle so impressive is, like, he's clearly setting the tone for the team. And your your assistant coaches play a big role in that, too, right? You know, Kirby's speech about coach so-and-so firing the guys up. Like, every coach throughout the week is, at different moments, gets to talk to the team or their unit, and it's, it's, a, it's a true team effort. But, like, ultimately, the the way a team comes out is a reflection of the head man. And Kyle's teams are never feels like, Oh, they're just kind of going through the motions here in a big game, but yeah. they're off. But he's also the offensive play caller. So it's, it's a very, uh, that's, that's tougher than just being like the CEO guy. All you're worried about is firing up the troops and timeouts and stuff. Right. So it's well, and but like that story you told that Joe Staley the other day said, after he saw the Debo get his knee twisted, he knew Kyle was about to run the ball. Uh, all the way down to the goal line, right? Like when yeah. you're the play caller, you can't affect, you can do things besides just verbalizing in order to have a certain emotional effect on your team, right? If you're a what? defensive play caller, you can start blitzing. All of a sudden now that you are doing something aggressive. You run the football a lot. Now you are doing something physical. For right? sure. I guess you can get on the headset if you're the head coach and say, hey guys, let's. I just want to run it here. But <laughs> yeah, Harbaugh <laughs> style. For sure. But like when you're the head coach, right? Like when that image of Mahomes getting twisted and then him screaming at Burkholder, the trainer, and Andy about wanting to stay in. Ultimately, when you're the head coach, like you got to decide. And clear, and I think Patrick said after the game, they gave me an ultimatum. They said, if you want to come back in this game, you have to go get an x ray or I'm taking your helmet away right now. Patrick freaks out and goes away. But like, so you got to deal with like, that's your decision. And then you got to go back and you you got to ID you got to tell Bienemy or maybe you're calling the plays and Bienemy who knows quite knows what's going on. You see, everyone wants to interview Bienemy for their offensive coordinator jobs, Harbaugh and some of these other guys like for their OC jobs. 
How many OCs also interview at other places to be OCs? Very bizarre situation. <laughs> Is Andy leaking that out there? <laughs> Take my guy. Uh, but it, it just there's a lot going on when you're head coach and you're also the play caller. And it takes like there is an experience level. Like ultimately today, McCarthy's been in a lot of these games. He's lost a lot of them, but he has coached in a lot of playoff games over the last 12 years. Yeah. One enormous advantage coming up this week is like Kyle's been in a lot of fucking playoff games the last th- four years, right? And Sirianni's been, this is his third, and he's one and one. And he beat the shit out of a team, but a lot of respect for him. That team clearly wasn't that good. He got Minshew in the game. Yeah. I mean, the Giants. It was time for them to go. It's <laughs> a really weird. And, and I'm not trying to diminish. Like, I think the Eagles are really good. I haven't even seen the line. I'd imagine they're favored, and they should I be. I think somebody said earlier it's two and a half, but let's see if we can. Uh, Feels right. Two and a half. Eagles I, I, minus two and a half. So it's the first of the three championship games. This one in a weird way feels the biggest. What do you mean by that? Biggest? Just like has a chance to be when the Niners played the Packers I think four years ago. Whatever. Is that what you mean? Yeah. When the Niners played the Packers, I, I think everyone thought the Niners were going to beat them and they beat the shit out of them. Last year was weird. It was kind of house money, but they had had this crazy streak against the Rams. And they could have won the game. But I don't know. Something was, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was at a shoulder and a and a finger. Again, they could have won the game. I, I just this team feels better than that team. Obviously. I mean, they have 13 wins. Now they got 15 on the season. That team had 10 and then they won two playoff games. So this team has three more wins at the same point in time in the season than that team. This team's better than that team, obviously. Their DBs are way better. You know? But this Eagles team, to me, is better than that Rams team, talent-wise. Well, the Rams team won the Super Bowl. And the Rams team won the Super Bowl. But now you look at the other side, like, Mahomes has a high ankle sprain. And who knows how that's going to go. As Tony said today, he's like, you actually can, it's easier to play in the game, and the next day you can't walk. So that's be, I, is that the biggest story this week in the league? What, was he in a boot? Is he walking? Is he in crutches? Can he practice? Is he going to play in the game? Because I don't think it's a lock that he plays in the game, right? If it's he's really bad, I don't think there's any way he doesn't play in the game. What if he? Well, honestly, he can't walk or anything this week. Shoot me up, coach. <laughs> Is he? I mean, just an all-time throwback. Uh, he looked pretty good. Ninety-eight yard drive. Playoff, Chad Kelsey called him. <laughs> but the Bengals that they're losing offensive line after offensive line, it doesn't phase them. It does. I'm not saying this. It's quite Cowboys 49ers of the early 90s. <clears throat> Felt like it was a Super Bowl. Does have a little bit like, is it a Super Bowl? AFC feels that way or the NFC? The NFC, if Mahomes is legitimately hurt. And the Bengals. You don't think, you don't think the Bengals? You, so if I told you the Bengals win this week, do you think they would be underdogs to both the Niners and the Eagles? What if I tell you the Bengals win this week, but Mahomes is 50%? Yeah, well, I mean, that's because whoever, you know, the Eagles have looked incredible this year. Obviously, the Niners just held the Cowboys to 12 points. Whoever wins the NFC is going to come out looking pretty good. 
you're saying there's a world where the Bengals can come out not looking as good, even if they beat Kansas City in Kansas City, because Mahomes I, is at 50%? I think if Mahomes at 50%, they won't get as much credit, and I think the winner of this NFC game is favored in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I because I think even if, if you're the Niners, you beat the Eagles, that's going to be very impressive, right? Yes. Now, Mahomes, there just may not be a world where Mahomes isn't kind of beat up, right? Kind of a legacy. Not that Mahomes needs anything for his legacy, but maybe a legacy moment Mahomes game <clears throat> coming. Part of it, it was the Jags. If that had been the Steelers or shit, even the Chargers with Herbert, that was a pretty legendary just like, I am that guy, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, like Stallback, Stabler, Bradshaw, Montana. Like the way we talk about those guys dragging them off the field when they weren't making any money. I'm wired like that, and I signed a $450 million contract. Yeah, I'm screaming at my coach, screaming at my coach against the Jags. I thought that was one of the coolest moments in sports in a long, long time. On a weak guy where Steve Kerr started Ty Jerome on a back-to-back, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, people paid their hard-earned money to go watch Steph Curry. He does not play in the game, and Kerr's like, you know, shitty part of the business. And the best player in the league, I guess, the lost. playoffs. Cavs lost, but still, it's about the paying customer, and the paying customer is never let down in the NFL because the best players, you got to drag them off the field. Playoffs, I, I, what he, I think he might have acted like that in a big game in the regular season. I'm and sure it's just, could. and I'm not trying to shit on, you know, I get it, I guess, in the NBA, but I feel for the guy that bought his ticket to take his son to watch Steph Curry. Oh, like, of course, of course, but it's not even close to a comparison. Right. It's just, but the, the thing that the NFL has that their players have always had is they never say F you to us, the consumer, us on the couch, us at the game. It's like their best. You got to drag yeah. them off the field. Right. But they only get it's good. It's just so different. You only get a game. Like, I remember going to baseball games. Just Barry didn't play today. That sucked. Still got to pay. The media yeah, wasn't coming to my defense as an eight year old. I guess I was 13. Barry Bonds just took Sunday off. Baseball is different. Baseball is different. Basketball. I agree. There's twice as many games. <laughs> Baseball's different. I understand football's different than, than basketball, too. All we want is for every guy and is just to always play. Yeah, I know. For the I customer. If you can. It, yeah, again, you, you break your leg, you can't. I mean, no not, one. We don't need all four guys out on the same day. <clears throat> no, exactly. It's just, I, just I'm, screw you to Dan Gilbert. I'm just tired of Rivalry fans Cleveland. getting so screwed. They pay so much money. Oh, I agree. It is just, it's its an embarrassment. And what Patrick Mahomes represented, the complete opposite. And listen, that was, that he's screaming at his head coach. Like, under no, he wouldn't come out of the game. He hopped throughout the game to hand he hopped off. On a hand on a stretch play. <laughs> a stretch it's like, run. I kept thinking, like, Andy, can you just have a play where he just has to turn around and hand it off? I don't, maybe they don't even have him. He's like, well, man, we only got four on, plays. How about yeah? How about he goes under center on his first play? The first play after he got hurt, he goes under center. He also knew he can't lose at home to the Jags. I think that had to be part of it too. But they won by I, seven. I think it wasn't part of as it close is, as that. But. Can you imagine from the moment you get knocked out of the playoffs, then maybe a couple weeks <clears throat> to just workouts, training, practice, off season, all season? You spend all season, and you're like, no way, absolutely under no. Cut my ankle off before I tap out. Now it kind of felt no like chance. This is you're kind of he's in he's playing in denial, right? Yeah, that, that's like where not just happen. You think it's a lock? I I don't think it's a lock. Like he might what? be unable oh. to move. I don't see how he doesn't play, given that display. 
Like he is gonna, he's gonna, he is gonna start the game. I don't know if he'll make it through the game, but to me, he is in uniform for that game. Yeah, I mean, I, he might leave the organization if they if they tell him he can't play. <laughs> he'll be in one of those like big old casts on the side of his leg, heavily taped. Trey Hendrickson just bearing down on him. I, I would say if he does, if he has one of these, doesn't take a snap all week. Right? Oh. No practice, no practice, no practice. Plays, wins. I just think his legend, people put him on a pedestal, and it's like he's answered the bell every single time. It's like, yeah, the hype on this guy, maybe he's underrated. Especially <laughs> when it's like, well, is Herbert, maybe could Herbert be as good? Josh Allen is equal. Burrow, could Burrow be the best? You know, there's been a lot of that. At least Burrow's made an argument like, it's just Burrow Mahomes now. Josh, we've got a little ways to go. Yeah, Damn it good. ended pretty quickly for Josh. Josh is hitting the links and – Pretty fast off to the pistachio field. So a little quick. I mean, it's one thing to lose. I think I saw Portnoy tweet this. It's another thing when you just think you're the team and then you just get rolled at home, ass kicked by the Bengals with Demar Hamlin in the house. With Demar Hamlin in the house in the snow, and they're the team that looks like they belong. You can lose that game, but to get your ass kicked like that, Burrow is just slicing and dicing you. Burrow looks sweet. Burrow was better. I mean, way better. They look cooler. They're in their icy white uniforms. They look sweet. It's I I, I kept thinking like, <clears throat> am I supposed to be able to grasp that the Bengals are really cool? And this I don't is think so. But it kind of works. I know it definitely works because he's so good and they got star players. This thing with the NFL, man, like the Bengals and the Chiefs shouldn't be able to carry your league, but they kind of can because their star quarterbacks are just rock stars. I mean, Mahomes. He is officially the guy in the NFL, right? I mean, one is the second MVP. Yeah. What he just Burrow, Hurts, Purdy. I mean, that's your big four, basically. Those are your final four, John. Think about that. Seriously, think about that. That's the final four. This week, it's Hurts, Purdy, <laughs> Burrow, Mahomes. Why is that someone tweet out last night? Like, I can't believe this really happened. It was Foles, Case Keenum. The final four in 17 was Foles versus Case Keenum and Brady versus Bortles. That was the final four. <laughs> Wait. Brady played Bortles. And remember, the Patriots barely beat him, but they did. And Foles played Case Keenum, and the Eagles killed Minnesota. Killed. Was, was, it was actually the same score as last night. It was 38 to 7. But that was the, that's got to be one of the, weirdest final four quarterbacks in the in the modern day 50 years in the NFL, right? I bet if we looked up of all the Bradshaws and Stablers and Montanas and Sims and Aikmans and Youngs to Brady's, the Roethlisberger's, the Mannings, it's even Flacco's and Eli's feel yeah. more normal. I mean, it's Matt Ryan's and Cam yeah. Newton's and yeah, I, I don't. Even Kaepernick's and uh, Matt. You just, yeah, and Eli was Kaepernick and Eli. Yeah, I, right. I, Russell Wilson, you know, I, I I don't know. I think that's the weirdest. Bortles, Foles, Keenum as three of the four. Like even this one's Joe Burrow's a number one overall pick star. Mahomes is already one of the if Mahomes' career ends after this game, like if his ankle never worked, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. If you didn't vote for him, you should immediately have your vote revoked. Jalen Hurts is clearly like do the Eagles have to extend him this off? He's extension eligible. Like, do you pay him this offseason? Just give him a big contract and hopefully get ahead of it. 
Or do you just wait another year? It's like how he would do it if he could get kind of a deal, right? I don't think they will. Do you think they will? Well, I mean, are you forced? What if they win the next two games? He's Super Bowl champ. Yeah, I mean, then you're you're probably forced to. But I mean, does it feel like they? I think they like him a you, lot. You think they are all in franchise quarterback? I mean, did you just watch the way he carries himself. I, I think they like him a well, lot. I, I didn't ask about the guy. I think they think he's pretty good. Okay, well then you pay him if you can, and if you're him, you. But I, I think, and then we'll get it. You don't take we'll an pro- early contract discount if you're him. I think we'll get into it this week, but this is a big moment for the guy. Yeah. Because Dak got paid, and I think every time he plays one of these games, he's like, God damn, is this worth it? Would you say Jalen is is un- unquestionably better than Dak? Yes. Like his ceiling clearly is higher, right? I just think he's a better player in the bigger moments. I mean, Dak, guy, those couple throws today, and I would even throw the Greenlaw. That's really, really bad for a guy that you for know. Gabriel Lenore just he just came off what everyone's like. You know, it's the best game he's ever played as a Cowboy. He plays like that. He's a top five guy in the league, and then he plays like today. We didn't talk about it because I didn't see it till after the last pod, but. I had a feeling when I saw there were two things I saw the last couple of days that gave me a little bit of confidence for the Niners. One was was McCarthy's interview on local radio in Dallas when they said, "Mike, you're a four point underdog," and Mike said, "What? We're the underdog? Like, I don't know if Mike was pretending not to know. He's got to be pretending, right? I yeah. Or but either way, I thought, all right, bullshit motivation right there, like just kind of faking the motivation game." And then the other thing was Dak basically saying, like, uh, you know, they kind of, well, Mike, no, three things. Micah Parsons kind of played the underdog card, which I thought you guys are the Dallas Cowboys. Like, sorry, you don't you don't get to play the underdog, you know, like no one believes in us, nobody, we're we're they're getting all the love. We don't and Dak basically saying, like, every moment since last year against them has been about getting this opportunity again. Like, oh my God, you guys, like. Now, I, I'm not saying that's why they lost, but you can't say that and then play like that in that game against that team. After you said last year, it's been all about that moment. It's going to be hard for the Cowboys to come back from this. Why? Well, I, I just, he's already one of the more polarizing players in the league. I, I think it's going to be a tough offseason for Dakota. Throwing a lot of picks down the stretch of this season. And I just, he makes a ton of money. Because part of it, once you get paid, you're, the standard, the way you're – part of the reason everyone shit on Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs was like, bro, you're supposed to be like a top-five player of all time. One of the best pitchers we've ever seen. You can't – like, eventually, you just got to go Pedro Martinez and say, get on my back, and he can't. So it's like, I, I always rooted for Clayton Kershaw, even though I'm supposed to hate the Dodgers. But after a while, it's like, he always just gave up these big home runs. It always happened. And then Verlander gets there. It's like, Mahomes, he's gimping around, throwing touchdowns. Burrow today, it's like these guys were just born for this shit. I'm watching Dak going, "This is who the four. This is who's supposed to be the Forty Nineers." <laughs> Lamar's this like, guy? "You offered me one thirty three guaranteed. That that guy's making one. That was a good day for Lamar. Dak's one twenty six guaranteed. I thought it was. I thought it, he got pure one sixty guaranteed. Oh, was it what? pure one sixty? Well, do you believe, way, do you believe it, Ryan Clark? Because I don't one thirty three. No, I don't. Where did that number even? How does you even arrive at that number? Well, Lamar told him. No, no, I understand. I'm saying, how did they arrive at 133? I saw 
Well, one of the tweets I saw was like 133. All this after Deshaun got 230. Deshaun is also not like that's not the standard for anybody else's contract. But. Well, there are going to be a lot of phone calls that like, hey, we're just uh, we're going to make our initial offer hurts or whoever throughout the league. This we're just we're going to send our, you know, our original. We look forward to talking to you. This is not our final offer. We just want maybe meet in the middle. It's going to start. Someone's going to start above Deshaun Watson. You think like Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson, if he ever gets representation, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, 245, like, yeah. how did you get this number? Well, we took Deshaun's last season and we just, you know, bump inflation. Like, what are you? We we, we don't view that as rel- that doesn't exist in our world. They should reply. They, the counteroffer should be, OK, we'll consider this if in year one you make one million dollars. Isn't that what he made this year? Did he make 10? Whatever he made. He made nothing. Right. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it one one. So like, all right, two thirty, but one million in year one. You gonna do that deal? Would you even do that though for anybody in the league no, besides I, Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow? Well, uh, honestly, if you're Joe Burrow, wouldn't you just send the Deshaun Watson plus t- fifteen million? I, I would do two thirty over ten years. But Joe Burrow's probably gonna get Deshaun Watson. Well, but he's look at the organization he's in. It's gonna be complicated. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have to find a way. I would imagine he gets the Mahomesy right ten year four hundred million type deal. You know, yeah, like I, that's what I'm saying. I, I'd do it for ten years. I'd I'd give some of these guys a lot of money. Yeah, bro's fucking incredible. Eric Armstead said, tweeted. They said they wanted who? Weird. Do you feel like Niners Cowboys added to the rivalry on? Uh... Well, no, because the Niners just kind of. Keep beating them. <laughs> you know, part of getting rivalry, the Cowboy rivalry happened because the Niners they got taken out twice and then they beat them. And then the they stole Deion Sanders the following year. It doesn't feel like the Niners and Cowboys are, you know, <laughs> fighting for superiority. Th- today was close. Today was in a weird way closer than last year because the the score was. And any time that. You're in a 9-9, 12-9, right? At any moment, or 16 to 12, a uh, fumble six. Like, one, anytime you're within under six, five points, one play can boom. We saw it in the Tyler Huntley play, right? You, you are, weird shit can happen in football. A fumble, a pick six, a tip ball, a, a fumble on a punt. That's why when Ray Ray fumbled the punt, it was like, oh my God, this is you're going to give them a free touchdown in a game that's not going to be around 30 point, right? This could be the difference in the game, Ray Ray. Right, right. And then Ray Ray came back in 53 yard return. They, and they held they held him to a field goal. I mean, that was part of it. It was 9 to 6 and you held him to a field goal, which honestly should be worth 4 points if Mars going to make it. You should give him extra credit. He did split it. <laughs> I saw somebody tweeted like, "He can't use his putter, but how do we know his driver's not working?" You know, like you can't hit the extra points, but what about the 45 yarders? That's why I think Robbie was telling like Trent to back up, like, bro, you've never been this spot, Trent. (laughs) You don't understand. You don't want to win like this, Trent. Not this way. (laughs) Not like this. I think, I wonder if Robbie felt like there'd somehow be, I felt like there might be some like weird bad karma, like Robbie just watching it. Like there's some karma, like just some, you notice Robbie, they called the timeout. Robbie didn't kick the ball. He just, like they could, he could have kicked it. Cowboys called a timeout at the end of the first half to kind of ice him. He does the ball gets snapped. He didn't kick it. I wonder if there's just some weird psychological like. I wonder if you're an older kicker, you're not wasting like your rep. 
Then he ran to the sideline, though, and like kicked into the little net. You're not giving them a psychological, like, let you see a make or a miss. Maybe you know that they're like going to need a kicker make, next year. You're if a free I were agent. A kicker, and I had all this time to think. If I make the one they ice me on, I'd feel like, oh, shit, I used my make. Then if you miss it, you're like, well, that's not good. You just missed. What if the Niners draft a kicker this year? <clears throat> yeah, like Shanahan wants to watch any kicker tape. You think he's trusting the special teams coach to make a kicker draft pick? I mean, look, the last guy they drafted, Wisnowski, I will be on the team as long as Kyle's here, as long as he the ball just goes forward, right? Yeah. Wisnowski's going to be on the team for a while. Yeah, he likes the guy. He must like him in the building. You're on the team as long as I'm here. I bet he's told him that. Just don't fuck up. Don't ever get in trouble. And just work on your kicking, and you'll be here as long as I'm here. I mean, Robbie, it'll be interesting. Like, I, I don't – remember, they paid him a couple years ago when they franchise-tagged him. I, I wonder if he would leave. He's still clearly good enough to keep kicking the NFL. But remember, he's always like living in the Bay Area, live in Chicago. It was like I, they'd pay the money to keep him. I mean, how could you not if he keeps it up like this? They would. Like, is anyone else going to pay him four or five million like the Niners will be willing to pay him? Well, Chicago is not going to be in the position to spend a lot of money on a kicker. No. And why would you? Me, he only makes sense on good teams. Like, that's where. I, him defending that guy, Jerry's like, I like this guy. You know, I can see Jerry be. Oh, he does make sense on the Cowboys. He'd be no, a income tax. Dallas. You know, I, I could see. I mean, they signed Robbie Gold to a two-year 70, 7.2 million. Like, Robbie's been making cash the last couple of years. Yeah. For you, think he, you think he should get two for 10 if they keep this thing rolling? Robbie made $4 million this year. I can't imagine there's that many kickers beside, like, Tucker and he's got to be a top five kicker in the league on salary this season would be my Austin, guess. Austin says he made a game saving tackle tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not not true. It, it was back. <laughs> it was a hell of a play. It, it was. I, I give him credit on that one. He, he threw his ass into the guy. And I guess technically some some teams. Well, the 49ers in cap dollars were second in the NFL this year for a kicker. Sammy said put his body on the line and limped off like a champ. I honestly, for a split second, I'm like, did he just get hurt? Do you think that too? Did you watch him kind of roll over? It's actually probably pretty genius. He's less likely to wrap up than he is just, this is going to hurt, but fuck it. <laughs> just throw your 200 pounds into the guy. And it just, that guy, the because usually like the body, when you're trying to wrap up, you know, if, unless you're like Navarro Bowman, if you're a kicker, you're, you're probably not coming that violently. But if you just throw all your body weight in the guy, it's just a collision that yep. just knocked the guy could, down. It's dangerous to like try and get, you know, you don't want to get stiff armed. You just want to yeah. be on the speed bump, basically, is what you're trying to do is speed bump it. Yeah, he kind of went, you know, like you would go cannonball into the water, but in the back. Pretty dangerous. I mean, there, you could, uh, you could probably hurt yourself, you know, break a tailbone or something. Yeah. That guy's running fast, too. I mean, <laughs> Luckily, he's not, you know, 6'3", 250, right? 
That was uh, an underrated, hilarious moment of the game. And and key. Hilarious and key. I mean, might have saved. <clears throat> Who knows? He might have scored, right? Might have. I don't think he would have, but might have. Uh, there was another point in here so I wanted to get to. Somebody made. What was it? How about how about the uh, pregame report from Jake Glazer that D'Amico Ryan's had four interviews scheduled for Saturday, got through two of them, and then canceled the next two because he had to get back to work for the Niners. So he canceled. It was the Cardinals. Uh, I don't. Was it the Bronco? Did he cancel Cardinals Bronco? I feel like he did the Broncos. He canceled Cardinals and somebody else. <clears throat> I just i I can't get over these guys. I'm not blaming. I whatever is clearly just the way it is. And I guess maybe there's only so much work you can do to prepare for a game once the once the game plans put together. The game plans put together, but. I can't. I just can't get over these guys. Have he had four interviews scheduled for Saturday? Well, Did Jeremy you Jer- Jeremy F- Jeremy Fowler reported two days ago that he had two set up for before the game, which sounded insane. And like you said, I, I don't. There's no these way. are the dates. I, I that's what Fowler reported on TV, and clearly Glazer. I don't even. You know, I don't. I I don't know how it's possible in any line of work, anyone listening to this, I don't care what you do to try to have four interviews in general in one day, even if it was over zoom would be a lot, right? With a bunch of different entities, a bunch of people that you would try to do some research on while you have, I don't know the biggest thing of your professional life going on on the side. It is it's a lot. Now, I would say most professions, what makes this a little unique, like if if we worked at an enormous company and we were interviewing with other competitors, you most people don't tell. <laughs> they keep that under wraps. This one's very, it's well known. You're talking about it. So it's not like you're hiding anything from the people you're working with. Like they all know what's at high end. I just think from a mental capacity to try to do a good job, and clearly D'Amico's a really high level job, it's it's asking a lot. So when Glazer, because I text you immediately, I, I was kind of paying attention. And then I kind of look up like, what did he just say? I can understand where you canceled to. Like, I, I could see him going, this is, no, I don't have the mental capacity here. We had a team meeting tonight. I'm, I'm expending a lot of energy talking to these people. I, I can't do two more of these. I, I, if I had to take an educated guess, he texts his agent. Like, I, we got to push these back till next week. I, I can't, I can't focus right now. Yep. It would probably be even. I don't care how high level you are, and on the high level scale, D'Amico is fucking like a borderline ten out of ten. Probably, I it felt like the way Glazer, the little bit I caught, like felt overwhelmed. Like this is crazy. Yeah, they were taking longer than he. Well, whatever it was, Rohan said that it came out that whatever that Jeremy. I didn't see that Jeremy Fowler report, but that 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 was not correct. Maybe where he was wrong is all four were scheduled for Saturday. That would make some sense. I mean, it's insane. But don't you don't all these interviews take eight hours? I thought that's how long these interviews take. Don't well, you know ahead of time that you can't schedule four of them? I don't know. Maybe he's not as worried. The the one thing I would say D'Amico has going for him is 
you know, you never want to say never. I mean, Byron Leftwich went from a guy that was going to be the Jags head coach last year to like, he's going to be a quarterback coach. I'd say D'Amico's in a pretty good spot for no matter if it could go off the rails, the guy's going to be a coordinator for a long time and be in the mix. And he's already so highly thought of as a former player and the team captain. And, you know, he's already super rich. I mean, he signed a massive contract as a player. Because <laughs> I remember Kyle talking about when he asked him to come coach, he's like, well, you know, it's just we don't pay that much of this quality control. You never know a guy that's had a lot of financial success. And once he agreed to do it, the, the lifestyle changed. Clearly, he's all in on this and he's a star. So, I've said over and over, I, I don't think he's a lock. One, just you never know the way this stuff plays out. And two, I Robert Sala coaching is the guy's life. That's how he's made all of his money. D'Amico's a multimillionaire right now. Like when you have that, you just have some more firepower to say no. You know, also, things don't feel right. Also, if you like the job you have. Why watch John Lynch today? If he was Belichick's DC, would he be more likely to just like, I got to get a job? Yeah, I mean, I... Or just any defensive coach's defensive coordinator. Yeah, probably. But sometimes, like, Ben Johnson pulled his name out of all these, the Detroit guy. And Mm -hmm. who knows? He was a quick riser in his mid to late 30s. He was no lock to get a job either. But maybe he's like, I got a pretty good deal going. I like being here. They're going to give me $3 million a year, extend my contract. I like it. Some of these coaches... Once they get to a, making a lot of money, D'Amico makes a lot now too, probably two or three million bucks. What if you like where your the kids are going to school? What if your wife has a bunch of cl- close friends? Like I, I saw the face of John Lynch. John Lynch was offered so much goddamn money to sit next to Al last year. And, and I, I bet he would tell you the high I get on these playoff games is I never would have sniffed it for the $20 million I would have gotten calling Titans Jags in week five. I think he I think you're right. He had to have at some point during the year, especially once they're just watching Thursday night football thinking, okay, I made the right decision. But then also as Brock Purdy's rattling off his part of a 12 game winning streak <laughs> to go back to the NFC championship game for the second year in a row in Philadelphia. I the high that John Lynch is going that must be on during every game, right? Is and part of that was he had the experience of doing television before, right? Like if he hadn't done TV before, maybe it would have been harder for him to say no. But maybe it wouldn't have mattered. Like you said, he's he's got enough money to get through his life and his children's lives. Doesn't mean money doesn't matter. Like so does Matt Ryan. I'm not telling Matt Ryan he should retire and walk away from the $29 million in cash that the Colts owe him next year. It's still a lot of money. Because that's what I was thinking today when you texted me. You said Matt Ryan was on TV. I'm like, well, all Matt's got to do is gritted out for like 10 more months and he's got another 29 million in his bank account. So I don't blame him. If even as a rich guy, he waits a little longer to totally shut it down, but maybe having the experience, maybe McVeigh talked to John Lynch when he considered walking away. I'm sure D'Amico has now D'Amico's not talking about TV. D'Amico's talking about being a head coach, but you remember Kyle's whole story when he, before he took the Niners job was he was not going to just take a job. He was probably not going to take the Niners job. Shanahan had said that at the past, right? That he went and interviewed for the Niners job. And he was thinking like, ah, I may just not take any of these jobs. Kind of all the jobs kind of suck. Well, remember uh, they were trying to like have all the GMs become friends with them that they were interviewing too. And Kyle's like, this is weird. I don't know any of these right. guys. Yeah. You know, can I Matt just uh, bring my own GM? They're like, yeah, fuck it. Send John Lynch to Santa Clara. We'll talk to him. He's like, John shit, Lynch I'll take the job. <laughs> yeah. But... 
you know, I, well, I'm sure Kyle said that to him, like, Hey man, I, I took this job because after I interviewed, I felt like I was going to get everything I need. If you're not getting the job offered you that you think you're going to get everything you need, like you just, you're coaching the number one defense this year. You'll get another shot. Like you are D'Amico Ryans. You will get another shot. Look at Ed Reed. Do you get another job? No, he uh, quit his job. You I know. That? Bethune Cookman. He walked away because they didn't give him everything. He had been on the job for 26 days. But he hadn't signed the contract. Yeah, they he thought they would ratify it or change some language in it, and they refused. They had promised him, I guess, some things for player support or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what exactly that means, but yeah. That's that, that, that one sucks. I was... I agree. He gave a pretty good speech. You watch, You click on that? Just talking a bunch of shit about the administration? Ed Reed? No, I saw a clip. Somehow there was like a FaceTime of him in Prime. But like, did you see that? No. It was a, it was a, I think it's what it was, was a, a FaceTime. Prime was telling him like, I know you care about the guys. Like, I this sucks. But like Ed was behind the podium in the meeting room and Prime was just like on his phone. I didn't quite understand what was going on there. But... Yeah. Anyway, the point is, D'Amico doesn't have to take any of these jobs, although it feels no. like he's going to get offered multiple jobs. How does he not get offered a job if he goes and beats the Eagles next week? I mean, well, the Eagles guys are all interviewing, too. So, I mean, but we saw before, remember, Stefanski got the job and Solid didn't, the Browns. You know, I think sometimes that they don't put in a much in the individual games. How do you feel about the Niners-Eagles game being the early game this week? This is the one that rotates. Yeah. So they're, the Niners-Eagles is at 12, and Bengals-Chiefs is at 330. That sucks. I'll have to figure that one out. It su- sucks for streaming purposes is what John is saying there. Uh, yeah. Anything else from this game we had to empty the tank on? Big week. Big week. Eagles, baby. Who would have thought? Me. No, I didn't. <laughs> not, not when Jimmy went down, but fuck, we're here. It's the one seed versus the two seed. It's the one seed versus the two seed. This is when the playoffs started. This is the game you're supposed to get. Yeah. I, I think the, I think the final four is right. The other is one versus three, and it you know what turns out Bengals are better than Bills. I agree. So it's like the four best teams are here. Well, yeah. Why is the chat? The chat's been talking about Javon Kinlaw a lot tonight. I don't know. Didn't make enough plays. I didn't even notice him today. Uh, Diamond Lenore, Devontae Smith, Mooney Ward, AJ Brown. How about AJ Brown held out, gets in this game against Debo, who didn't hold out, but did anyway. Held in, remember? He held in. He yep. showed up. No, he didn't. So those two got two of the big offseason stories. Those two guys, Jalen Hurts, big offseason story. Him, Devontae Smith, huge draft story in the game. Christian McCaffrey, biggest trade of the season, I guess of the season. Russell Wilson getting traded before the season, probably bigger, but in the game, Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft. No quarterback drafted last has ever started an NFL game, and he's starting the NFC Championship game. I mean, it's just. How many Kyle, Kyle versus Sirianni. I mean, I think the coaching matchup. Yeah, how many NFC championships combined have these two now been in in the last, you know, six years? Four? Is this 
Eagles has been in two. Third the for the Niners. On this one and third for the Niners, yeah. So five in the last five Seven, years. Se- 17. So 17 seasons. Longer ago, yeah. I mean, like kind of, you know, we talk about just primo matchups. We, we've gotten the Cowboys a few times now. We've gotten a lot of the Rams, obviously historically a lot of the Seahawks. This is a pretty primo, like, just a couple of teams. I, mean, I guess, you know, the not, they weren't quite sweet at the exact same time, but the Eagles got sweet post-Niners dynasty into the Niners were still pretty good, kind of mooch Jeff Garcia years, yeah. and the Eagles got really good. It's going to be sweet. Just uh, incredible. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Uh, hit that like button. Subscribe on the way out the door. If you're uh, watching the stream, podcast down in the description below. Ricky Waters Bowl. <laughs> for who, Jeff, for Gar- Jeff Garcia, too. Jeff Garcia. Yeah, Started Jeff for Eagles. T.O. Bowl. T.O. Bowl. Bill Romanowski. Romo Bowl. Uh, anybody else? I'm sure. I don't know. Three, two, one. All right, that's it. That's all we came up with this time around. Greg Papa Bowl. Let everybody. Kwasi Tart Bowl? I don't think Kwasi's on. I think he got cut. Trey Sermon Bowl? Inactive. He's on the He's on the Eagles. Chat coming through. Tory Smith Bowl. Tory Smith. Charlie Garner Bowl. Guy McIntyre? For my time. Guy McIntyre, come on. Neck roll? Oh, and double helmet. All right, on that note, thanks for hanging, everybody. Later. Peace.